We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com, use the promo code BIGBLUE for a refreshing beverage ahead of Halloween season. Blue Wire. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always my co-host Nick Filato. Tonight we are here to break down the New York Giants defense on the All-22 film. If you are new to the show, we do this every week. We break down the offense, we break down the defense. But what's new to this show, at least, is that over the past two weeks, we've been bringing this to our YouTube page. So you might be watching this right now. You might just be listening to it. If you are only listening to it, I would highly suggest checking out our YouTube page and giving this watch a chance because we have had a lot of people who were regular listeners of the All-22 Breakdowns tell us recently that Having moved over to YouTube and watching it, they've really enjoyed it, and it takes it to a new level. One thing you're going to get if you do watch it on YouTube is the All-22 film. You may not have access to it, but we're going to walk you right through it. You'll see every play. Where you're, you'll be able to have the opportunity to watch these plays as we watch them. Now, we've watched these plays countless times already. That's how we do our process. We watch it a bunch of times. We take notes. But you'll be watching them in real time as we go over them together for the first time. So I would highly suggest checking it out. But I will say this. If you are using our YouTube now to watch these breakdowns, do us a favor and make sure you still have auto download on your subscribe page with iTunes, or just make sure you're downloading the episodes on iTunes. You can delete right after you download, but we really need those downloads. And as far as the YouTube page goes, we're starting this bad boy from scratch. We got like 800 views on one of these last week. This new one we dropped on the offense already up to 1700 views. Thank you so much. We're really hoping that you guys can help us grow this thing and we're hoping you enjoy the content. So Without further ado, let's dive right into the defensive film, Nick. And I like to start these always the same way because I think it's interesting. What's one thing that you might have learned on film watching this defense that you maybe didn't think going into the game? Well, for the broadcast angle, it's still something that that I feel like I picked up on, but it's one of the more important pieces to to why the Giants won this game. And it's mainly just the chess match between LaFleur, cramming up your cram hole, LaFleur. Don Wink Martindale. Because if you notice, man, how many times Wink Martindale wanted them to run, he would align a middle of the field open. He would put those two safeties back. Rodgers would always check to a run in those types of situations. Middle of the field closed, Rodgers would typically pass the football. And on the three and out that we're going to go over, they were middle of the field closed 
on all of those plays. And they went with three consecutive pass plays. Two of them were deep. One was the horizontal cross. But this is just what we discuss in terms of dictating to the offense. It's not always about pressure, although that's a great way to dictate. We know Wink Martindale will oblige in those situations, but it's also about putting the offense into a position to force them to run when you want them to run. And then also just force them to pass when you want them to pass. It kind of gives your your team a telltale sign on, on what to do, even though they might not be in the most advantageous situation. So the chess match between the offense and the defense, I feel like Wink Martindale ended up winning. And that was one of my favorite things to watch just throughout the entire All-22 film. Because in that second half, they held this offense scoreless. And one big reason why is because of Wink Martindale and the execution and the coaching. Yeah, that's by far and away the clearest takeaway. You watch it and it's even, you know, there are situations where how many times do we see them have what looked like a middle of the field open situation? And again, middle of the field close means one safety high. What you've seen the Giants typically run for most of the season, cover one, um, that's advantageous to throw against. Middle of the field open is two safeties, sometimes more. I mean, the Giants play a lot of cover three. A lot of they played some quarters in this game, which was interesting to see a good amount of that. And middle field open is usually an easier. And again, these it's it all depends also on like how the box looks versus how many blockers you have. If you have a light box or a heavy box, but usually it's easier to run on those. But what I thought was interesting was how many times do we see Rogers check based on how it, the safeties look pre snap, and then right as he checked, like in the same time in real time, the Giants would rotate that safety down into the box and basically turn it into a middle of the field closed look, even though it looked like it was advantageous to the run. They're rotating the safety in right at the snap before Aaron Rodgers can then audible back out. He's already made his check. He's got his head, like he's got his hands under center. He's gonna make the snap, and it's all too late. The Giants have already rotated down. Think back to the first drive of the second half for the Green Bay Packers, right? They hit that Randall Cobb play along the sidelines. In five plays, they picked up four first downs. So they were driving the football down the field, and they already had the lead at this point. It was one of those situations where we're like, damn. But then the Giants came up with the Dexter Lawrence sack, but two plays before that on first down was exactly like that. Middle of the field, open pre-snap. There's only a couple of seconds left on the play clock. Xavier McKinney rotates down to the weak side, so safety weak side rotation down, and then he shoots the A-gap right at the snap. And Aaron Jones was going to cut back into the A-gap, but he couldn't because Xavier McKinney was right there with no blocker anywhere near him because the, the angle of the wide receiver who had to block him, there was no way he can execute that because he didn't anticipate Xavier McKinney to shoot down on the line of scrimmage right before the snap, man. And then this one of the best run defending plays that I saw. I can't wait to go over it. It forced Aaron Jones to run right into Nick Williams, O'Shane Zimenez, and Dexter gain, Lawrence. I think. Yep. Two yard gain. Um, what, exactly. Before the snap, Rogers simply thought it was going to be a big gain. Like he thought I could check into this run and get at least eight or nine or 10. And with that, like you said, with the chess match that Wink played rotating down, he was able to. Can he force him side? Nick Williams does the rest, and that's a two-yard gain. That's huge right there. And I'm excited to see. We'll see if this ends up happening as I envision in my head, Nick. But I'm excited to see Landon Collins on the field, potentially in a role where he's rotating down right before the snap when they don't know. He's shooting downhill on the line of scrimmage because healthy Collins shooting on the line of scrimmage to me is something I remember from my child, not my childhood, from like recent years. And it's a lot of fun because that dude is physical. He's an amazing tackler, and he's going to bring up he's going to help the run game a lot. I think the run defense for the giants. I'm really interested to see how they're going to use him. And if yeah, that's it might just be the Tony Jefferson role to be honest. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And Tony I Jefferson, I feel like played well in this game, everything that yes. he's asked to do, he does it well. I mean, one reason why that sack happened on third down was because Tony Jefferson sold and it was pre-snap alignment, but he sold the fact that he was going to come on that blitz, which held the guard and held the tackle and allowed Kayvon Thibodeau to win high side. And then also just got the guard into a position where he 
was late to engage Dexter Lawrence. So that pre-snap alignment of just putting him in the A-gap and then dropping him underneath the weak side number two was gigantic. And it might have led to the Giants win. Little things like that can go a long way. And I feel like the coaching staff, every single play, man, that they're putting their players into the optimal position. You just can't usher enough praise onto it. A couple other just quick things that I want to throw out there from watching the film. The first one being, this is something you only see when you watch the film. I was surprised at, at, at some of the plays that Aaron Rodgers left on the field. Um, yeah. The two standout plays were the one double move where he had both Tanyan and Dobbs. I don't really know why he looks at them too. I don't know why he comes off of that. Yes, Nick Williams is getting some pressure, which helps, but they are open. They're, look, it has to be in a, all throws in the NFL have to be thrown with anticipation. The best quarterbacks are thrown with anticipation, but that's open. Like As he looks there, the ball should already be out anyway, but even if he doesn't throw that with anticipation, when he looks over there, he still has time to get that ball out, and then he comes off it, goes back left, throws it out of bounds. That was weird. The Lazard go the Lazard, the Lazard open later in the game, Like um, I guess that was another double move, um, just a little bit in the deeper half. He has that ball too, and I don't know why he doesn't throw that one either. He doesn't pull the trigger on it. I think part of this is like Rodgers does not have good trust in his receivers right now. Even Lazard wasn't playing a big full-time role last year. It's why Cobb, that's why you see Cobb on the field for all these snaps. It's the only one he trusts right now. He doesn't know where these other receivers are going to be, and he doesn't have the timing down with them. I think the Giants might not win this football game if Devontae Adams is still a Green Bay Packer. Oh, and I understand definitely not winning this game with Devontae Adams as a Green Bay Packer. And I understand how that can be juxtaposed by the fact that Daniel Jones is throwing to David Sills and how that might look. But the trust and the mind meld that those two players had, I feel like on a lot of these key third downs in yes. the second half, it would have been there. And I, I'm sorry, I know Nick McLeod made a really nice play on Randall Cobb in the slot, mm-hmm. but Nick McLeod against Devontae Adams, that's not something that's going to yes. be sustainable through even one play, let alone the entire second half. So that I just wanted to say that. I think that's very true. I think what you said is true. He lacks trust. But still, at the end of the day, Daniel Jones doesn't really have right. a lot Same of exact you know, thing. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. But at the same time, though, from a coaching standpoint, I know LaFleur is a proven coach in the league. Brian Dayball has only coached five games so far. Still think even on the offensive side of the ball, definitely the defensive side of the ball, which we'll get into on this podcast, total edge to the New York Giants. Yeah, you're right. It's another. We keep saying it and I don't want people to think we're being homers about it or like we're biased in it in any way but we I don't spent the last two years bashing the hell out of the last yeah, exactly stuff. right so we the last two years we just bashed the coaching staff and we didn't bash <laughs> Patrick Graham I almost ultimately Nick just from watching a little bit of wink I almost feel like we almost gave too much great praise to Patrick Graham to be completely honest looking back on it and that might just be that I wasn't used to anything different really um now I have I mean James Betcher that was atrocious that was just players are no there were so many communication issues in the secondary with James Betcher so I don't even want to compare that like going from Betcher to Graham was like, all right, now these players are communicating well. But just from a schematic standpoint, and even from like you said, the chess match standpoint of it, there wasn't as much of that with Wink. We're not getting the same. We didn't get that same kind of advantage. So I definitely think it was interesting to see because we always point out, or we have at least, and we should, times where we think if Daniel Jones anticipates this and sees this better, he can throw that ball. Well, there were two examples of that that I just went over with Aaron Rodgers, and we would have been saying that about Jones, and a lot of people would have been, and rightfully so, because you want your quarterback to make those throws. When you see someone wide open like that, you don't want the quarterback to just not even throw the ball in that direction, let alone you know complete it or not. So just thought it was interesting to point that out. And again, like you said, a lot of it has to do with not having Adams there. But that's part of the that's, look. Jones, like you said, doesn't have anything better. Really, I mean, did you see today the stat I posted? David Sills is 54th in the NFL, almost dead last, the third worst in yards per route run among outside receivers. It's a crazy. And all those dudes who were there, 
It was like Allen Robinson, David Sills. They were all the same prototype wide receiver. Big, can't create separation with, with their legs anymore or with their, you know, with their speed anymore and their acceleration and agility. Um, so it's just interesting to think about as we move forward and if we have any like free agent play receivers we go for, if we're thinking in the draft, what type of receiver we want. Uh, I'm leaning back toward the separation type receivers and, and, and the vertical speeds are always going to be the thing I want. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like there are just outliers now who are yeah. that prototype that are successful. Like DeAndre Hopkins is probably the best, but he's also right. like insane at the catch point, just like yeah. rare type of ability in terms of his ball skills. But anyway, let's dive into <laughs> this defensive film. There's still a lot of good takeaways that we want to get to as we work through this. I want to talk about Jalen Smith, who I thought looked better on film than I remember in the broadcast. Not to say I didn't think he was good, but he looked even better on tape and several other players. So We'll dive right into this first drive from the first play. And I will say this. I did spend some time bashing Rodgers earlier, I guess, talking about how he missed some throws. So we'll also show the generational throw he made on this drive that I literally think is generational. No quarterback. I don't see too many quarterbacks making it. But um, we'll start here with this first run play by, by the Packers for two yards here. Great job by Dexter Lawrence on this one, I thought. Great job by Dexter Lawrence, who's an absolute beast, but also a Dory Jackson, Dan. Yes. A Dory Jackson on this first drive, I think he has like three plays like this. And then he had the stop on Christian Watson's end around a little bit later. And he got hurt actually in the slot covering Randall Cobb in the last play of the, of the first half. He didn't come out after the second half, but damn dude, you want to talk about a player in run support. Who's like 190 pounds, but he throws his body around at cornerback while being pretty darn good as a coverage corner. It's a Dory Jackson. He's really impressed me in this area. Yeah. Dory Jackson has been a lot more physical than we, I get like, look, when the Giants signed with that big free agent contract, I expected to get two things, really good man coverage and really good ability to carry the vertical routes. But now we're also getting him as a really impactful player in run support. And that's just add to, you know, that adds to the package of what he is. And you can see the linebackers. I'm not sure what they're being instructed here, but they fall and they bite on this, this split action by 84 right there. And you can see Tay Crowder remove himself from the play and then go after like David Bakhtiari. He thought it was a play action pass. Not ideal. Again, I don't know what they're being instructed here, but you would imagine that you would want them to know where the football is. And again, Dexter Lawrence, Dan. Dexter Lawrence here, he takes Elgin Jenkins and he just bench presses him back. And that forces Aaron Jones to go east-west instead of north-south. This is a great team defense run defense by Nick Williams right there. Who's actually the guy benching and then Dexter Lawrence flowing over the top with Kayvon Thibodeau kind of getting a little bit too far upfield and then a Dory Jackson filling. Yeah. Great job there. We get to the second and eight here, which is, it won't always show, you know, it might not show up in the, in the box score, but Kayvon Thibodeau makes a big play to get his hand on this pass because otherwise it's probably getting out there for, for a quick game completion. Absolutely. Kayvon Thibodeau just gets his mid up there. He has one that's a little bit more important later in the game, but yes. you've got to love what the rookie is doing. And then we get to this third and eight situation. Giants force him into a third and eight early, but this is the generational throw I was talking about from Aaron Rodgers. Either what, either angle you watch it from, it's unbelievably impressive. His pocket manipulation and then the ability to generate that much on that pass from that balance, from that platform, in addition to like cruising that thing through to, through three Giants essentially. Unbelievable throw right here from Rodgers. It is. The Giants are in some sort of cover three match. Third and eight. They only send four. Tay Crowder bails out, sinks underneath right here. And you could see that Dane Belton just kind of takes a bad angle on Randall Cobb. You see it a little bit better on the end zone angle and kind of gives him a little bit too much space. And this is kind of what we were talking about before. Aaron Rodgers trusts Randall Cobb and he right. looks right for Randall Cobb in this situation, but he has to step up and around. Way Nick Williams. manipulates that pocket. My God. Yeah, it's great. Let's watch it. You can see the Giants, man. They, they get pressure because they run this 
ET stunt. And you could see right here, Jihad Ward, 290 pound edge, right? This is the E part. So ET means the E is going to be the penetrator, the end, and the tackle is going to be the looper. And he tries to penetrate and and, and get 76, but he kind of gets washed down and then he ends up getting 71, which frees up Nick Williams right here. So four man pass rush, but you have a twist built into it and it frees up a rusher. It's just Aaron Rodgers does such a good job right there running, just misses Jalen Smith, Alan Lazard. Like so many guys almost end up tipping this pass right here. Like, wow. Jalen Smith almost does. Alan <laughs> Lazard and then Dane Belton, who's just, just a little bit right late. in the chest. Just it's an insane pass by Aaron Rodgers. Crazy stuff. Luckily, he didn't have too many. That was basically it. I mean, as far as those ridiculous tight window throws go, that was pretty much it um, for the game. So kudos to the Giants. Then we get here a little seven-yard run for A.J. Dillon here. Yes, yeah, a seven-yard run by A.J. Dillon. Giants, what are they in? Pre-snap, middle of the field open, like we said. So even if it wasn't a run call before, Rodgers is going to check to a run right. in a lot of these types of situations. And then you have motion. So motion to that strong side. So you have Xavier McKinney rotate down to the strong side. And then it's just a halfback pitch. Adore Jackson again makes that yeah, physical nice tackle physical by Jackson. Yeah, exactly. And also Jalen Smith just kind of takes out two blockers there. Obviously, ideally you want him to defeat that, but I mean, you, you take out two blockers and force number nine to block you allowing Adore Jackson to really make it's this just tackle. wild to see 97 just always moving a he didn't make the play on this one but he's close and he's always just moving so well across the line of scrimmage laterally for somebody that size he was doing that last year too man he was, uh, he was in the run game yeah. he was certainly doing that he's been doing that his whole career absolutely and here we're going to see him make a tackle again this is going to be a middle of the field this is a middle of the field closed type of look and I believe they end up running anyways you have what one two three four five six yep Seven in the box, I guess you can say. You have A.J. Dillon. They're going to try to run the football here and watch Dexter Lawrence shed, get low, help make the tackle. Giants rally. Everybody else makes the play, too. This is something, man, the Giants do such a good job at, man. It's just their discipline in the run game. They're always, they're typically always where they need to be, and that's just beautiful to see. We, we saw it a little bit in 2020, and I think a lot of that was because Blake Martinez was elite at just being right. where he needed to be within the tackle box. But we saw after Blake Martinez went down with injury, how horrendous the Giants defense was in terms of protecting their gap and executing their run fits. But this Giants defense so far has been very good at that, despite the fact that they might not have pure talent at the linebacker position. That's a really interesting observation, Nick, because I think anyone who watched this team on film last year versus the year before saw exactly what you just said. Blake Martinez was just always in the right spot, always in as far as in the tackle box goes. And then last year, we had so many examples of bad, undisciplined linebacker play. Now, really, with the exact same personnel, with the exception of Jalen Smith, who actually played for the Giants last year, so it's not even too different. They're a much better team stopping the run. I think part of it is what you said earlier. They rallied to the football well together. Um, and it's also, like you said, a little bit of the scheme too. And I also think it's additions that we don't talk too much about, like Nick Jihad Ward, Nick Ward. Williams. Yes. Like Nick Williams kind of stepped in and he is, I think, better than Austin Johnson was as a run defender. Yeah, now he, I would agree he's with not, that. He's probably not as good as a pass rusher, at least not right now so far mm -hmm. through five games. And this is also, like we brought this up two podcasts ago at Defense, where we haven't seen everybody really together yet. Kayvon Thibodeau, Zizo Jolari missed week one and two. Leonard Williams, who arguably is your best in the front, he missed, he played one half of week three before leaving. So once we get everybody back, I feel like they can really kind of get together and, and maximize what this run defense can actually end up being.
Yep, you're 100% right. All right, we get to this first and 10 play because that was a conversion, uh, even though the Giants did play that pretty well. It was only three yards to go. So we get to a first and 10 here with 12.07 here. Um, we got five defensive backs on the field for the Giants against a 12 personnel look with two tight ends. This yeah. is a pure miss right here by Aaron Rodgers. He's looking this to the is left the one side. we referenced earlier. The Giants are in off coverage. It's where they are on the field right here. And you have the tight end in line. So you have cover there, cover there, cover there, cover there. And you're going to get a double move to the boundary side right here. And watch both Robert Tunyon and Romeo Dobbs sell the double out route. And then they go up. And both Dane Belton and Adoree Jackson are. And look at where Rodgers is as you freeze that. I mean, right there, it almost looks like he's winding to make that throw. Surprise, he pulls that back down. I think it's the pressure from Nick Williams here. We were just talking about so. him, right? I think you've got to throw through that, really. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. he checks this side. And that holds the safety in place. Like, right. This is built into the playbook. They're anticipating man coverage. Like It's not like they were caught off guard by the fact yes. that the Giants are in the middle of the field closed man coverage. So he's looking that way deliberately. First to see if the slant is going to be there, but the linebacker stays put. So he's not going to throw that right into the linebacker. But that also gets the safety to stay between the hashes and allows this double move to come back. And you see how he whips his eyes around. You could see it here. He has both of those players wide open. The reason I, I just I'm not really sure why he didn't throw the football here yeah like, it's, it's I mean, Williams right? is bearing down on him but you can still get that ball off you can and look you can see Robert Tanyan right here kind of like there's a lot of space between the safety so much space. The in that of the hash but we flip back to the sideline there's a so lot of space right? not to mention Dobbs just has all Dobbs the, is the Dobbs is the better one option honestly I mean Tanyan's the the easy completion there but Dobbs is the touchdown if you throw it and he can Love make the, those throws that's the thing he has the arm talent to rip those balls on the money Absolutely. I, I love this this play call by LaFleur right here. Yeah, it was a great call by him to beat it. And it but took, bad, but <laughs> bad job by Rodgers. And this cost them four points ultimately in the game. Yeah, and plays like that, man, it can it can, like you said, ultimately cost you the game, even just missing that one play. Who knows if they scored a touchdown here, how the Giants would react. You know, you just never really right. know. So that's a that's the Giants got away with one there. I'll say something interesting about the second down run, which was a, a five-yard gain here to get them into a third and manageable situation. The Giants put five defensive backs on the field against 12 personnel here with with two tight ends. So I thought, I just, I mean, we see that we've been seeing that a lot. Some some of the lighter personnel groupings from the Giants, like we'll see the play after this, a third and five, the Giants have seven defensive backs on the field for a third and five, which is crazy. Uh, not in a bad way, just interesting. Uh, but I thought this was this was an interesting development. I mean, they get they end up getting five yards from it. And Adoree Jackson, again, like I said, the third run play right here where Adoree Jackson flies down and, and makes a tackle on yeah. Aaron Jones, along with Jalen Smith, who the first drive, I feel like, is having a pretty solid game. Yeah, he that does sets a great up, job there scraping off and over the top and getting to the getting to the man. Sets up the third and five, right? Yep. Seven defensive backs on the field for the Giants on this third and five. And this is not the first time they'll, or the only time they'll do that in this game. They 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 did it down in the goal line. It's it's just wild. Look, just we'll watch for you guys watching along. Look how interesting this pre-snap alignment is from the Giants. Right? There's all these guys in the line of scrimmage. There's basically no safety. This is cover zero, right? This, this is covered. This would be constituted as, as cover, cover zero. zero. Yeah. And the, so the Packers are in empty formation, and basically they have man up on every single one of the players the number one and the number three to the field side are off coverage with the number two kind of pressed up on the line of scrimmage and then robert tunyon who was the number one receiver to the back side of the formation has off leverage with 
the Giants defensive back right in Aaron Jones's face. And then the Giants essentially send everybody except for O'Shane Zimenez, who is to the field side, the three receiver side, who is just has to reroute the number three. So he just reroutes the number three, kind of like walls him off, even though that's not the technique. You just want to disrupt this release of Randall Cobb to not allow an easy, an easy play over the middle of the field. And what happens if we go to the end zone angle, you'll really be able to see this. Dane Belton is a free rusher. Nobody picks yeah. up Dane Belton because the Giants are crowding the line of scrimmage. He gets right into Rogers' face and the, and the ball ends up going incomplete. But if you look here, it's only a five-man protection. It's, it's hard to have more than a five-man protection. You can't when you're an empty formation. So the Giants, right. five-man protection, and you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven potential rushers for the New York Giants here. And O'Shane Zimenez drops off, which is going to force a double team on Justin Ellis, 69 and 76. Because O'Shane Zimenez drops off, you basically eliminate this tackle. So now you have one, two, three blockers against four rushers. Somebody is going to come free. And that's exactly what happens. Dane Belton just runs right through the B-gap. No one picks him up. It ends up going incomplete because Aaron Jones can't corral the ball. And also, as you could see from the other angle, you might have seen it earlier, some kind of route miscommunication of some sort with the Packers because Tunyon almost runs into Jones running this route. And I think it does disrupt the timing of the route. It's a, it's just a pick route. Yeah, this is yeah. just a pick route. I just think Aaron Jones might have gained a little bit more depth than Robert Tunyon thought because they almost right. make contact here. They almost that's a really contact. good yeah. It's a really good design against man cover. You could tell that LaFleur and Rodgers, their game plan was to attack man coverage right here. You don't even have a safety in the middle of the field, but the pressure ends up getting home. You want to dictate pressure breaks pipes. Great job. Wink Martindale. Yep. And so the giants get off the field here and they only give up a field goal. That's again, key because Rogers missed that double move with Dobbs and Tunyon. Tunyon probably would have given them a first and goal. If he throws to Dobbs there, it's probably a touchdown. And so we roll forward here into this next drive. Packers go with the play action rollout. And Darnay Holmes is coming on a blitz. So the Giants dial up an early blitz. And you can see Darnay Holmes does a really good job here taking the pass version of this and kind of getting out wide to get right into Rodgers' face and give him a little bit of hit. So Rodgers' only real option here, even though he has some routes downfield, is to just dump it off to the H-back who came across the formation. Tay Crowder makes a really nice tackle in space. Yeah, great job by Tay Crowder. And this ends up being a three-yard loss for the Packers here. Then you have Kayvon Thibodeau, who's trying to get blocked by Randall Cobb. Thibodeau does a solid job. I think he was credited a, a pressure on this play as well. You could see, though, Alan Lazard, he he could have been open here if there was time, but the Giants send pressure in, in, in ways that you don't predict all the time. Because I feel like, you know, Wink Martindale has that reputation, Dan. Like, oh, he's always going to send pressure, and he will. But at the same time, he was judicious in this game about sending pressure. Like, he ran cover yeah. zero on that final drive several different times, but it was all when they were basically near the goal line. Like he was much more conservative middle of the field open. Like they are on this second and 13 type of play when he has to be, he's not, he's not reckless about it. Oh, but they did run cover zero more in this game than any game. Is that correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 14 snaps in it or something like that. It was more than we have seen. So really, really interesting to see that go into play. Was this, this is the second down play, correct? Yeah, it's all contextual. A lot of the, yes, a lot of the second and 13, a lot of the cover zero plays are when they're in the, the red area, which is interesting, right? So you're really dialing up the pressure and putting it to the quarterback, which is interesting in and of itself, but you have no safety help. So you're trusting Nick McLeod and Justin Lane and, and Fabian Moreau to, to really hold up in man coverage. And the Giants were able to have success doing that. And on the second and 13 play, middle of the field open to start, Xavier McKinney just rotates down to kind of uh, not necessarily a buzz position. It looks like he's kind of rotating down. He's looking at Aaron Jones to see what Aaron Jones is doing and just maintaining position in the cover three curl flat defend uh, def defender spot. And then Aaron Rodgers is just taking 
advantage of the fact that the Giants want to run a lot of cover three. And he, he did it all game, Dan. He was just attacking the flat. Just attack the flat. Yeah. Take advantage. That's one of the vulnerability of the cover three. You clear out the deep third defender, and now you have the nickelback, the apex defender, the overhang, whatever you want to call him. He has to cover the curl to the flat. So the curl is by the numbers, and then the flat is in the flats outside. You just run a simple flat route like Randall Cobb does here. He's going to be open, and that's exactly what happens. Randall Cobb catches it, and it's a gain of three. And so they get us into what a third and seven situation here, um, third and ten, third and ten. Sorry, because they lost three on the first one. And once again, the Giants should come out here with seven defensive backs. We have a middle of the field open look from the start with two safeties. It looked almost like they were going to play cover four, um, and then they just tried to throw the quick hitter screen out here. Yeah, this was an interesting play. You have the six guys on the line of scrimmage. Two of them bail off. Yeah, and then Jihad Ward ends up kind of making this tackle on the screen. Almost looks like he gets a face mask here and it is a quarters type of look after the snap you could see but Adoree Jackson reads it and he shoots downhill and what the Packers are trying to do and this is something that I think they tried to do a little bit later on in the game they're trying to get Romeo Dobbs to catch this and then run inside of these blockers that right. you could see right here I don't think you can see my mouse but it's it's behind 74 and then you have a seal basically here but you would need all these blocks to 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 be executed on the backside for that to really work you can see he tries to cut it back inside, but the Giants are just everywhere, man. The Giants are so disciplined with plays like this, and that's why, basically, this season, have the Giants really surrendered anything in the screen game this season? That's a great question. I'm trying to think of any screens that they got hit hard with. They've had some of their screens blown up, but that's not the same. I'm trying to... I don't, there was I, one, one Nicole Komet that they yeah, surrendered. Yeah, Nicole Komet. I do remember that. Was there one against Dallas? I vaguely remember. Maybe not. Maybe that was just... Um, a th I think that was just the throw to the tight end that I'm thinking of. Yeah, not, there's there wasn't I think a screen that ended up screen. killing. No screens, the running backs that have burned us, which is excellent. And you can yeah. see right there, Giants are all over it. And this is again on a third and ten, so Packers are forced to punt three and out. Get your offense back on the football field. Yep. And so now the Packers get back on the field here. Still a three nothing game. The Giants haven't been doing much on offense at this point. And here's a five play sixty yard touchdown drive. The Packers go back to back touchdown drives and then a field goal drive, and then that's it for the rest of the game. But they get in a little bit of a groove here with a five play sixty yard touchdown drive. So let's start this bad boy off with the first down play here. They try to get the football to AJ Dillon right here. You motion Christian Watson across. It looks like the Giants are in a cover six type of play. And I just really appreciate how Kayvon, tackle by Thibodeau. Yeah, really, really appreciate how Kayvon Thibodeau right here. He's the unblocked defender, the end man on the line of scrimmage. And he's just reading the motion of Christian Watson. He's reading the release of Robert Tunyon. And he's also reading what's going on right here. So he has to respect Aaron Rodgers because it's a zone read type of look. And then he realizes A.J. Dillon has the ball. And look at that power right there. Kayvon Thibodeau just goes right at the massive thigh of A.J. Dillon and uproots him. And I also want to check, because I think this was, there might have been an RPO action here. Not necessarily. But I'm wondering if this was a, a play where Rodgers has the checks option. To see, checks to see if he wants to touch pass it to, yeah. to Christian Watson or hand it off to A.J. Dillon. And he's reading right here as his Thibodeau. eyes kind of flash. Kayvon yep. Thibodeau. And Thibodeau yep. does a good job staying patient so he hands the football off to aj dylan even though he's thibodeau still the one who makes the tackle he's still the one that makes the tackle exactly a really so. good close by thibodeau there you know a Credits lot of people talked about how he was not a good run defender coming out of college and net we never saw that on film no no he's fine at run defense the only thing back at college that i feel like he needed a little bit of help with was he tried to make plays so that got him out of position sometimes who yes you know like that's very coachable 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this new water called liquid death? Because it will brutally murder your thirst, and the recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. I've tried liquid death, and I am still here. I'm not plastic. Nor am I thirsty anymore because my former parched state was quenched by the tart acidic taste of one of their flavors, severed lime. The lime became severed because it messed with another liquid death flavor, mango chainsaw, which combines real agave nectar with leatherface to slice the uncomfortable drought festering in your oral cavity. Into berries and fruit, go six feet deep with a heartbeat with their sparkling flavor, bury it alive. If you love still or sparkling water, go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundy's, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. Just use the promo code BIGBLUE. Again, go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target, and Stop and Shop stores, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. And then use the promo code BIGBLUE. That's liquiddeath.com slash BIGBLUE. What's going on, Big Blue Banter listeners? Do you like to place bets and find ways to optimize your betting experience? Well, then OddsTrader.com is the place for you. OddsTrader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. OddsTrader offers handicapping, play-by-play updates, player statistics, key game statistics, live scoring and tracking, projected game day, weather, and Bet Tracker allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. So if you like to place bets and you want to get the most out of that experience, go to oddstrader.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's oddstrader.com slash BLUEWIRE. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Yep. And then here we have a really good route design, I thought, by Matt LaFleur to beat this coverage here. I mean, he has two options here. He ends up going to Dobbs, I believe, on this one. But if he wants to hit that deep over to Cobb, you know he has the ability to make that throw. He definitely has the ability to make that throw because the Giants Crowder's end up not, sent, yeah. the Giants send five here, and the 
they're basically in a, a cover three type of look. You can see the outside leverage from a Dory Jackson here. You can see another quarter turn, just gaining depth, center field safety. And then you just run two crossing routes over the middle of the field. Darnay Holmes, he widens too much to allow this dig to come open. And then the middle linebacker, this middle hook defender was cleared out by Randall Cobb. So you have basically two receivers running over the middle of the field when one of the players who was typically over the middle of the field ended up going on the blitz. And then you have the curl flat defender right here and Jalen Smith paying attention to Alan Lazard. Stephen McKinney gives him a pop, but A.J. Dillon is just an absolute stud. The Giants don't really get yeah. pressure here, and it's an easy pitch and catch on the dig. Throw was a little bit behind Romeo Dobbs, but it ends up going for a nice game. Yeah, two two different options there for for Aaron Rodgers. He goes with probably what would be the easier throw there, uh, but still, like you said, a very big gain there for him. And that really sets them up almost immediately in scoring position here. And then they run this little, um, this was the end one around. Dude, the end around, right? To reverse to to Christian Watson and the Packers are aligned in uh, just 21 personnel. So it looks like they're going to run the football. They motion 81 to an offset position and then they go into the play action. They just try to hit the reverse and you can see the giants right here. They're not fooled. Like look at Jalen Smith. He's the player I want everybody to pay attention to here. Jalen Smith is reading his run key because watch Josiah DeGuara number 81. He acts like he's going to block to the strong side. Then he cuts back to the weak side because it's a reverse. And you could see it doesn't fool Jalen Smith at all. He just follows DeGuara the entire time. He has his eyes on DeGuara and that ends up getting intercepted by 74, but that eliminates a tackler. And then Jihad Ward ends up kind of coming free. He's not fooled by this at all. He just follows DeGuara as well. And And who makes the tackle? Such a good angle. Jackson takes such a good angle. Such a good angle Jackson takes on this. I mean, that's the key here. The angle that he takes coming downhill. That's what makes this play. Yeah, because DeGuara is trying to get out the block with him, but he gets behind the line of scrimmage enough to box Christian Watson inside, which is not easy. Christian Watson is a 4-3 athlete, and then he tries to cut it back, and he can't because that's a lot of body control right there by Adoree Jackson, not only to kind of get outside and then get into the face of Christian Watson, but recollect and then explode through to make a wrap-up tackle. Very nice play by Adoree Jackson. Hopefully, he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, look, we've gone over like three drives at this point. It's the third drive. Joy Jackson's already made multiple plays. I think three or four plays in the four. run game. So, yeah, four plays on three drives. And that this obviously you're picking up now after the pass interference. We don't have the penalties on the film that we get, so we don't get to see those plays, which sucks. I'd love to kind of run those back and see if they actually are. In broadcast, rewatching it broadcast, Nick, I didn't. I thought it was a little bit of a bogus call here. Um, to be fair, the Giants got some calls later, which we'll kind of look into um, later on as we go through this film. So I didn't think it was like overly unfair, the refs or anything, but I didn't love that call for defensive pass interference. Yeah, I thought it was a little ticky tacky. It was yeah. one of those plays where it's like Xavier McKinney should have enough respect right now to where he would get away with that because it wasn't egregious enough right. to the fact that like it totally altered what Bob Tanyan was supposed to do. But we'll go over now the first and four play. Try to run the corner with Cobb on this one, right? Yeah. Yep. Another man coverage beater right here. That could have it's been a, man, a better throw too. It could have. So to the field side, Rogers attempts to hit a corner route to Randall Cobb, who was the number two receiver. You just have two receivers over there. So you run Romeo Dobbs basically on just a quick in route, he just releases, fires his feet, steps on a million ants, whatever you want to say, runs that drag route. And then Randall Cobb does the same thing, kind of fakes inside though. Doesn't really fire his feet, but just fakes inside and then just releases outside, and he has all this space. Darnay Holmes is caught in scramble mode against man coverage. Packers knew they were going to be in man coverage, and this throw was just overthrown. I think a well-placed ball here, this ends up being a touchdown. But Darnay Holmes pitch and catch on a well-placed ball. Yeah, Darnay Holmes was, wasn't in the best position no. here. 
but it wasn't his worst play of the game because he had a couple bad he ones. He had some worse ones, yeah. Darnay Holmes, to me, is not going to be a long-term answer for the Giants. I don't know how you feel about that. Things can change. Players can develop, obviously. But as far as what I've seen so far from, Dar- from Darnay week after week, I think they could definitely use an upgrade in the slot. Maybe ultimately that is like court where they want Cordell Flott to be. I don't know. Um, obviously, we can't judge on what's happened this year because he's had he's, he was forced to play outside because they had injuries on the outside. Then he got injured. But I would say that more times than not, I feel like Holmes is not not in the greatest position. It's a little odd too, because it's pre-snap leverage. If you look at Darnay Holmes here, and I don't know if we'll be able to see it on the end zone copy. So I'm just going to talk about it here. He looks like he has what Dan inside leverage a little bit, right? right? And then he steps a little bit to the inside, but he has help to the inside with, with yeah, Dane. Exactly. So why is he have that leverage? That is weird. I, I'm not, I'm honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a mistake by him or if there were, if the giants were trying to do something creative here. I think he wants to force that route inside. Yeah. That's really weird. Absolutely. That's a lot of space to cover and yeah. it's Randall Cobb. He's old, but still he, he, he can and run he this route. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can't see it on the, on the end zone copy, but that was one thing I felt like was pretty odd and you it's can see how the passion. The Packers, thank you. The Packers right here just have a bunch of bodies, and the and the Giants are scared right here. You have a shotgun. You have shotgun for Aaron Rodgers with AJ Dillon offset on the weak side, showing like if it is a run, it's probably going to be to the strong side when when you're in this type of formation. And I'm wondering also if this was a um, if this wasn't a, like an alert play right here, like if this was kind of like an RPO. Right. It does look like the the Packers are run blocking here, creating double teams up front. They're not necessarily pass blocking. So I think it was an alert play where Aaron Rodgers saw the leverage of Darnay Holmes and was like, okay, Randall Cobb's going to be open here. So he doesn't run the football to A.J. Dillon in the situation, throws the ball, but just puts it in a, actually a pretty terrible spot. Yeah, not a great throw there, um, looking back on the film. But Packers then get a really easy one here. I mean, this is like such a gimme here. I guess that's just... I always wonder these plays like I know it's legal for Dobbs to be blocking when he's blocking, I guess. But it always feels to me like like, let's take a look at when this ball is released. It's supposed to be once the receiver catches the ball, right? Honestly, I'm not 100 percent sure. So he's already blocking before before the ball's caught. It's just released. I don't know if it's on the release of the quarterback, but it's just like this is a really hard like if you're allowed to do this, it's just hard to stop. It's very hard to stop. And you have the number two receiver who is Alan Lazard. It's to the boundary side. So there's not a lot of space. The, the covering defenders off Alan Lazard. So all Alan Lazard does here is he runs just a quick bubble. This is again, just a easy alert that the Packers checked into so many times throughout yeah. this game because the giants were allowing them to like nickel and dime us, nickel and dime us. And then we're going to dictate to you on these really important money types of downs, but it's very difficult for the giants to cover this right here. You're right. And Alan Lazard just kind of walks in for a touchdown behind a Romeo Dobbs block of a Dory Jackson. Yeah, and he's blocking him, but before he's caught. So I just don't know. I mean, it's a bang, bang. They're not calling this often. I see teams run this all the time. Maybe something the Giants can look at, though, when they watch the film and be like, we can run the same play and get free and get a free touchdown out of it at some point. It does also require a really lightning quick release. And which Aaron Rodgers has. He is Aaron Rodgers has. Dan, not to knock Daniel Jones at all. He does not have the same kind of release as Aaron Rodgers. That's obvious to anyone with two eyes. So it's well, the Giants are going to be playing somebody who has just as quick of a release next week. And Lamar Jackson's release is insane. I think Real they talked about it on Sunday Night Football. He gets football out of his hands very fast. Yep. So that's which dangerous. Is an underrated trait for a quarterback. Um, so they score a touchdown here anyway. Uh, and now they're, they're up at this point, what, 10 nothing at this point? Um, Giants kick a field goal. At least they get something on the board. But then the Packers, this is when it started to feel like, oh, my God, we're going to get killed by the Packers because they go on a 13-play, 75-yard, demoralizing seven-and-a-half-minute touchdown drive to go up 17-3 where it just looked like the Giants couldn't do anything to stop them. That was at this point where we're like, oh, God, this could, like I said, it could be a long game. Um, 
But, you know, this is a good drive to go over here because I thought I think as you wrote down in your notes, Nick, and you made a great point, this is like a good drive where we can kind of see the chess match that these two are playing, Wink Martindale and, and LaFleur. So let's let's dive into this one. Giants are in the middle of the field close, but the Packers have two players in the backfield, split shotgun type of look. But one of them is Josiah DeGuara, who ends up being a lead blocker from across the formation to Aaron Jones to kick out O'Shane Zimenez. And I felt like Micah McFadden here only played four snaps, and we'll go over why, and it's the first four snaps of this drive. Micah McFadden does a good job kind of filling here right in between the block, and he makes a nice physical tackle. So this is one good thing I wanted to say about Micah McFadden because he essentially ends up getting benched for Jalen Smith on the fourth play of this drive. But solid run defense here and great fill by McFadden. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just exactly what you want. Now, we're going to show some stuff from McFadden later that got him ultimately what we think is, I don't know, bench is the right word because he was never a starter, but just he didn't play any snaps after he made, he made a few mistakes later in the game that I'm sure the coaches would love their him to have back. Uh, starts right here. It looks like they're in some sort of man coverage. Could be match, but you can see Aaron Jones has some sort of leverage on Micah McFadden. If you're watching on the YouTube, you check in and out from the end zone angle. Micah McFadden is aligned inside of Aaron Jones. So Aaron Rodgers just catches the pass or the snap and then just throws it to Aaron Jones, who ends up stiff arming Micah McFadden and picking up a good chunk of yards. I believe it's eight yards on second and seven to, to get into first and 10. So that was one thing that Micah McFadden did that might have ended up getting him into trouble, but we'll see in two plays what else there was. But other than that, you you have cover one here from the New York Giants and just man coverage across the board. You can see, man, the Giants, the Giants cornerbacks are doing a good job just engaging. Like Moreau right here gets his hands on and he just rides and he rides and there's no separation from Dobbs on this play. You can see Adoree Jackson. It looks like Alan Lazard wins a little bit to the inside, but Adoree Jackson is quick enough to kind of break down there. And then you have Bob Tanyan who ends up getting double covered here because Tay Crowder is just walling him off. And then you have the secondary defender who is paying attention to Mercedes Lewis also just kind of playing the outside. But Aaron Jones catches this football and ends up picking up eight yards because Micah McFadden takes kind of a shallow angle and, and doesn't get outside to him. Yeah, and he's not really, when he drafted him, it wasn't really known for his coverage. That was the one thing that we thought would be the biggest issue for him. And it seems like, you know, teams are well aware of that, at least when he's on the field right now. And that's something he'll have to work through. But obviously the, the Packers are able to get a first down here. So you look at this here and the Giants have like, what is that, like a seven-man box right here, you would call that? Yeah, something like that. I think it's yeah. fair. It's tough to say with the, with the overhand, but it's like this play, you look at this play as you break it down, there's two players who I thought for the Giants made outstanding plays, O'Shane Zimenez and Julian Love. Shane Zimenez does a great job on this play, and we'll see it a little bit better from the end zone angle. And I'm wondering if that pre-snap motion from the Green Bay Packers, if they wanted the Giants to shift, if they wanted Tay Crowder and Micah McFadden to shift, right. and they don't really, they, they take kind of a step in that direction, but then they react instantaneously and they're not fooled by Romeo Dobbs fake jet motion. And this is a similar play that Matt LaFleur or that Kellen Moore ran against the Giants. You just use Al Lazard or a tight end and it was CD Lamb. It was Noah Brown when, when the Giants faced Dallas. You block down the end man on the line of scrimmage and you pull the play side tackle around pin pull type of concept, right? And then you have that guard who is over the bubble climb up to locate Tay Crowder. I feel like Justin Ellis does an okay job kind of keeping the block off of him to elongate, but it's really on right here. O'Shane Zimenez, 53. You can see he scrapes over the top of the pin from Darnay Holmes, who ends up getting kind of swallowed up gets outside and forces Aaron Jones back inside right to the alley defender, okay. who is Julian Love. That is an excellent play by O'Shane Zimenez, one of the more underrated ones of the game. That is definitely one of the more underrated plays of the game. And what stands out to me is that it was by O'Shane Zimenez because Zimenez, Zimenez, I don't never know how to pronounce. I don't care. Let's just call it X-Man for now because we've heard throughout his tenure with the Giants. Oh, you know what? 
And it's not just we've heard this. We've seen it on tape, Nick. He's been he struggled against the run. That wasn't his calling card. It was one of the reasons the last staff didn't really like to play him. But now he's somehow turned that into one of the strengths of his game almost in some ways. Like he continues to flash in that over and over. And that's why he's getting snaps. And that's why even, you know, once Aziz Ojolari is back on the field, I still think he'll have a role in this defense. He he should too. He's earned it at this point. Yeah. I mean, PFF grades are PFF grades, whatever, but two right. of the five games, O'Shane Zimenez was the highest graded Giants defensive player, according to PFF. And I think the film checks that out as well because he's playing incredibly well. I think one reason why he might have been the highest graded in this game. And I think one reason why is because that last sack, which, you know, good on O'Shane Zimenez, but that's a final type of play. It's right. not yeah, that, like that, that grade that too. They're giving him too much of a plus for that. Exactly. And a great, great individual play, no doubt, high leverage situation, but it's not the same as, you know, a sack in a normal type of situation. Right. Aaron Hodges is doing everything to extend the play in that situation. Exactly. But, you know, one other thing is I was a little concerned preseason, Nick. I think I expressed this on a couple pods with Julian Love kind of transitioning to the safety, this real full time safety role. And mostly what I was a little nervous about was what I saw from like the Giants safeties three, four, five years ago during the Betcher years when they had like the Thay and those guys. And there was just so many missed. And even during Darian Thompson, when they tried him out the third round pick there were so many missed tackles from the safeties but julian love has totally exceeded any expectation i had for him and he's done that and more like he has been and we'll see other examples in this game where he just makes really good form tackles like this and phil does a really good job filling for somebody who you know started as a corner he was a corner at notre dame and really is playing this role for the first time in a full capacity right now with the giants it's just so great to see that play. I ran it through a bunch of times for those watching on YouTube because the Giants were abused by that play in the first half against yes. Dallas. And you could see how O'Shane Zimenez knew exactly what was going on, Dan. He knew exactly what was going on. So he pinned and he just pressed the outside shoulder and got as far outside to not allow that play side tackle to get up to a Dory Jackson to absolutely just annihilate him. Even though the play side tackle still did, Dory Jackson didn't have to factor in because right. he's the secondary side. Yep. He's That's the secondary the contain. O'Shane Zimenez is the contained defender there, and he contained despite having to deal with that down block. That can't say enough good words about that play right there. Yeah, excellent play. Gets it into uh, what was it? Well, so it was the second and eight after that. This was the one. This was probably yeah. This was the last snap of the game for uh, Micah McFadden. Yeah, this is the last snap of the game for Micah McFadden. Second and eight play. Again, he's out leveraged right here. And so the Packers are in empty. Once again, you have four guys on the line of scrimmage for the New York Giants. Kind of wide, those edge rushers. But Micah McFadden's assignment is the number two receiver to the boundary side. And if you look, he is significantly inside of this number two. This is one of those easy pitches and catches for Aaron Rodgers. And if you go back a little bit, you can see he tries to kind of gain more leverage and flow outside to Josiah DeGuara right before the snap. But even at the snap, he is not in position to cover this little flat route. Aaron Rodgers takes it and look at the space between DeGuara and Micah McFadden. And then Micah McFadden is a little indecisive on whether to undercut the block that's on a Dory Jackson or work over the top of it. So he ends up just kind of running into it. And DeGuara ends up picking up like another six yards because of that. And after this, Micah McFadden was benched. This is the reason why... I believe he did not see the field again. It's not egregious, but this is two pass plays where the Packers basically picking on the fact that he wasn't yes. in the best pre-snap alignment. And that's something he'll learn with time. Like obviously you can see before the snap, take a roll back real quick. Watch. It's just interesting to see, to see it. Uh, Xavier McKinney and him look at what Xavier McKinney's trying to tell him. He's trying yep. to tell him, get over there. And <laughs> it's too late at that point. That's an excellent observation too, Dan. I mean, look at, yeah, McKinney is literally right there just pointing. This could be a gif or something. McFadden's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And Rogers, <laughs> can you, 
Rogers is Rogers sees that. Yeah, that's a great look at look, just looking at those three down the line. Rogers sees what McKinney is trying to tell him. He knows he's not going to have time to get into the right position, and he takes advantage of that. And that's probably something that you know, if Wink Martindale sees that, he's like, no, 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 that's it. I can't have that out there. Those are plays though that that you can't surrender. I know it's only a couple extra yes. yards. You got to be better than that. You got to be more disciplined than that. And it's not us crushing Mike McFadden. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's a three pick. Exactly. Those are rookie mistakes. It's not the end of the world or anything. But I think that's the reason why we saw a lot more Jalen Smith. And honestly, at this point, I'm not going to complain about that. No, nah, me either. I love Jalen Smith on the field. I think he should be playing at least the second most snaps out of the linebacker position. So we just uh, rolled through here to a little dump off pass for seven yards. To Degora. And this is one play where it's play action. Jalen Smith tries to gain depth to to remove the the dig route from Romeo Dobbs. And Deguara ends up falling down on the block, but then he's an eligible receiver. So he gets up and he has a lot of space on Jalen Smith, too. It's a little bit of a different situation than the Micah McFadden one. So you have a cornerback coming from depth now who's not really covering anybody who comes down to help Jalen Smith make this tackle. So this would this might have been one of Jalen Smith's worst plays, but again, it's not the same type of situation as the Micah McFadden play, just because DeGuar was engaged in the block, gets knocked down, and Smith at this point is worried about the dig routes coming behind him. You have two dig routes on both sides coming behind him, so he removes both of them as an option, but that ultimately leaves the flat open. Yep, exactly. Okay, so we get into a second and three here. Uh, I think it was a four-yard gain here, but a, a pretty damn good play here by a couple players that you wanted to highlight here for the Giants, two unheralded players. Yeah, so this is a second and three. Giants are in the middle of the field open type of look pre-snap, and the Packers bring Christian Watson around in an orbit type of motion, and since they're in the middle of the field open, the Packers end up running the football, and they try to run at the undrafted rookie, Taman Fox, who, in my opinion, is just so underrated right now. And he plays about 15 snaps a game, but he's very, very physical because he takes on a lead blocker. This is a, this is a power gap type of play right here. You pull the play side guard and the center. It's something that the giants ran a lot against the Tennessee Titans. You have the orbit motion kind of force the, the weak side linebacker to shift just to gain a box advantage for the green Bay Packers and watch him on Fox engage the lead puller. He keeps everything tight. He steps down, he's blocked down, step down rules and he engages the, the, the guard, and then he just throws him on the ground. And Nick Williams does such an excellent job on the pin block from Elgin Jenkins or from number 73. I'm sorry, it wasn't Jenkins. And he just presses the outside shoulder and just makes the rushing lane for Aaron Jones so narrow. There's no space for Aaron Jones. And Timon Fox and Nick Williams both come up with just huge plays on this run. Yep. Excellent play by those two, those two players. So here's just a first and 10 run to AJ Dillon. Looks like it's an RPO to the number three, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't even read anybody. He just hands the football off because the Giants are in a middle of the field open pre-snap. It goes in the middle of the field close, and then Dexter Lawrence just makes a really nice individual effort to make the tackle here that sets up the second and five. The Giants come in with a five defensive back look to match one tight end, so 11 personnel from the Packers here. Or it actually is not even 11 personnel. It looks like it's they're 21 personnel. They're the two this back pony. personnel. Yeah. This is a pony package, and they motion yeah. Aaron Jones Jones is Dylan. back look. Motion Aaron Jones, a split back look behind the stack in kind of a bunch and then just throw a screen to Aaron Jones. And this is a solid gain for a screen pass against the New York Giants. Tay Crowder kind of gets caught a little bit too far inside. Remember what we were saying before about Romeo Dobbs cutting it back inside? That's exactly what Aaron Jones does here. You see how he catches the football and then he runs back around the blocks of 74 and 70. And then it's on Dane Belton to fill, but Dane Belton ends up getting taken out. Tay Crowder does a good job. After he's out of position, he kind of fights through a block and ends up tackling Aaron Jones. 
and the Packers are just outside of the red zone here. And just like they did last week, just get the football into Christian Watson's hands. So this is just a little touch pass to Christian Watson, and the Giants play it really well. And again, Jalen Smith. Who is it, baby? It's Jalen Smith all the way from the far hash. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. from Watch where Jalen Smith is. Here we go. 54 lined up pre-snap. And look at the play that he makes to run down Watson here. Just the natural instincts that he has as a linebacker. That's what stands out to me with Smith. He sees that motion pre-snap. Look at him take a step before the snap's even made. He's going for that. And he goes right in and gets him. Yeah, and you can see, man, the the guards trying to climb trying the to locate climb. right yep. here. Jalen Smith's like, too nah. Fast. He's just he's too, too fast, fast, honestly. And the angle is excellent, man. He's, he's taking a, a downward angle while moving laterally. He's not surrendering any space here. He's going Great right point. between two blocks undercutting 74 who's going to kick out Darnay Holmes here. And then he just makes a huge tackle right there on Christian. Wild. That's just a great individual effort. And he from needs to because take Crowder's taken out of this play. If that, if he doesn't make this play, I'm not sure that like, maybe you can hope that Darnay Holmes makes this play, but that's not even a guarantee. Yeah. Darnay Holmes does a solid job trying to avoid the contact. It looks like, but it, that was just a great individual effort by uh, Jalen Smith. Smith. Yeah. And then right here, you can see, look, look how far these safeties are. The Giants have safeties yeah. back. Wow. So so this is just Rodgers. You, if you nice watch check. Aaron Rodgers, he checks to a run. He yep. motions Aaron Jones to his side, checks to a run, hands the football off easy to him. Eight. And easy eight yards right there. And that's he a great veteran check. move by him. Exactly. I want to check out the Giants personnel here from the end zone angle. But again, this is just LaFleur taking what's there and Rogers taking what's there, just finding Randall Cobb in the flat right here for, for a solid gain. You can see that that's definitely him throwing a block. He's not even trying to sell the fact, Dan, that he's running a route right here. He throws this block. Like this is getting called a lot of the time. This is, this is one of those things that like, I don't know, like you got to try to at least act like you're act like you're running a route, right? He lowers his shoulder to create this, this not natural pick. this very unnatural pick. Yeah, Nick, I don't know how that's legal. <laughs> I guess it's legal. I don't really know. I mean, look, there were some misses on both sides. So I'm not trying to say the Giants got screwed or anything, but you're supposed like when the Giants were called for their pass inter- offensive pass interference in those first few games of the season, like the whole idea was that these receivers weren't running routes, right? They were just like you the, the refs had deemed that the Giants were using them to create someone else, an opening for someone else. How is that not the case here with Romeo Dobbs here? That's all he's literally doing. He doesn't run through, he takes the two steps and then squares up. So I, I don't know. Also love the pursuit here, man. Look at these four giants just bearing I down to keep man. Randall Cobb out. And then also, I just wanted to show the defensive personnel. You're near the goal line right here, Dan. And look, where's the linebackers at? Where are the linebackers, Dan? They're on the sideline. Yep. The giants roll out Tony Jefferson, Dane Belton, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love with Jihad Ward. Dexter Lawrence, O'Shane Zimenez, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Not one inside linebacker on the field while on the goal line. Wink Martindale, baby. Just unbelievable to see. And here's the touchdown pass to Mercedes. This is a very well-schemed play by the Green Bay Packers. Play action, fake the end around, something that they showed a little bit throughout the drive. And then just leak Mercedes Lewis. Or easy touchdown, kind of just throws Kayvon Thibodeau aside. This is very nice. Very nice. Great to see. Not really for us. I mean, it's terrible to see for the New York Giants. It's it's just good football on the just goal line. Good football to see. Not good for the Giants, but not always that's not always what the sometimes I just like to see good football. I mean, you look at the double the double fake here that and Aaron Rodgers is so smooth turning around in this. Look at his footwork. 
Oh, it's it's very smooth. But also, if you watch the New York Giants, you can see their defense bite so hard on the fake end around because they they see right away that AJ Dillon does not have the football. He doesn't even try to act like he has the football. He wants the New York Giants to believe that this is going to be an end around. Like watch AJ Dillon. He pretends like he gets the football and then he opens his hands and and goes to like block or something. And you can see Julian Love, Tay Crowder, Adoree Jackson, Jalen Smith, Xavier McKinney. They're all going after. Christian Watson here, and nobody even remembers that Marcellus Lewis is in the NFL. And so the Giants give up a touchdown here. It's okay in the long run because they end up winning this game. But as I'm looking up the drive that goes after this, it's touchdown, touchdown, field goal, punt, punt, downs, end of game. So really, that was where the adjustment was made. That was when the you can you can talk about this field goal drive because it's right up against the half, and they might have been able to score seven if they had more time. That's debatable, but. Um, either way, the Giants defense started to take to take the steps toward what they needed to do to win this game right after this touchdown drive, I felt like at least. Yeah, and this is just, like you said, right at the end of the half, the Packers, this is the last offensive points they're going to get in this game. Packers drive down the field. First, this personnel package right here, you have no linebackers on the field whatsoever because the Giants are anticipating pass, but they are in too high defense at the moment. And I believe they play two-man a lot on this drive. Too high defense, so what does Aaron Rodgers do? I know they're a little bit pressed for time. He hands the football off to Aaron Jones. and gets a big chunk gain right there. And, a, and Julian Love just throws an excellent open field tackle. Yeah, just another example of Rodgers checking into plays that were advantageous for the for the backers. This is what you expect from a veteran quarterback, and it was part of the the whole chess match that these two were playing against each other. Wink, Rod, wink first Rodgers, wink versus LaFleur. Dexter Lawrence almost makes one hell of a play there, but there's Julian Love. Once Love's again, tackle. another big time saving tackle here from Julian Love. Julian, I love it. He makes the contact and he just keeps his feet moving. That's something that I love the most about Julian. He does not like a, a one of those like slug tacklers who just kind of stick to you and just like drop their weight. And it's like eh. he keeps his feet moving and drives you into the deck. Just don't do that Such to a, a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, we don't want the penalty. <laughs> we don't want the penalty. But that sets up another first and ten right here. And this is where the Packers are just kind of, you know, moving the football down the field a little bit. They're in a three by one set and the number three receiver just kind of out leverages the New York Giants. And Aaron Rodgers knows it pre-snap. And if you watch, if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening three by one set to the field, you have the three receivers and you just have two receivers who are off the number one and the number two with Darnay Holmes kind of splitting the difference between the two and three, but the next closest defender to the three is O'Shane Zimenez, who is the end man on the line of scrimmage. So Aaron Rodgers knows pre-snap that he's going to have Randall Cobb easy on the flat, and you're going to have two blockers in space. He takes what's there, picks up about eight yards on this play. Again, just taking what the defense is giving you. This is easy pitch and catch for Rodgers. And this is kind of what he did all half, really, against the Giants. Just took what they were giving him. And that's why it was, and I spoke a little too soon earlier when I said this was kind of the turning point. This wasn't the turning point. The next possession after the half was the turning point. It was the halftime adjustments that Wink Martindale made that made the difference in this game. Because as I'm looking back down through this drive, you know, he's still doing exactly what he was doing on those first drives. He kind of just ran out of time with the clock. Exactly. And we get a switch coverage here, which I felt like was pretty good. Somewhat like a banjo because you have the New York Giants playing two man under again, but to the it's a three by one set to the one receiver side. Aaron Jones leaks out and Robert Tunyon acts like he's blocking initially. And then he explodes over the middle of the field and Dane Belton and Tony Jefferson kind of switch their coverage roles here. So I'm guessing that Dane or yeah, Dane Belton, who is the outside cornerback, if you want to call him that here on this play has the flat, the 
the player to the flat. So when Robert Tunyon kind of goes like he's going to block Tony Jefferson, he just works over the top of that. And Tony Jefferson does a good job transitioning off of what Aaron Jones is doing, who's running to the flat and takes Rob Tunyon, who would have been running wide open if Tony Jefferson did not switch his coverage here. So he does that. end up making the tackle here. Um, and that's something we haven't seen much from the Giants this season, right? A lot of switch coverages. No, not much, not much, not not a ton of banjo type of coverages. I'm wondering if this was more of a reaction to the fact that Dane Belton thought that Robert Tunyon was blocking and then Dane Belton was going to go down and make the tackle on what he expected to be a flare route. And then it was Tony Jefferson being the veteran that he is, realizing that he's not blocking and saying, okay, Dane Belton went down on Aaron Jones. I got to take Robert Tunyon. What was one of those kind of adjustments rather than something that was built into the coverage. Could have been that. Rodgers takes a nice shot here too from Jahad Ward. All right, we move forward here. Thunk. Yeah, this is the first and 10 play. I like the fact that O'Shane Zimenez is looping to contain Aaron Rodgers. Here. from Thibodeau. Yeah, Thibodeau goes right inside, occupies two blockers to get a pressure here and get his hand in the air. Almost knocked this pass. Yeah, and the arm angle of Aaron Rodgers there is just absolutely insane. But this is just a twist from the far side from O'Shane Zimenez, who's trying to work around that tackle. But... Romeo Dot or Randall Cobb, that is, ends up getting open on this three by one with the one kind of tight. He beats, he beats Holmes pretty bad here. He beats Holmes very bad here. You this can't see Randall him Cobb. Like, this is not like Holmes should not be getting beat this often by, by Randall Cobb. The Giants, again, are in two man under. It's not something they run a lot, but they ran a lot of two man under here. So that's two guys oh, deep yeah. in the deep half. And, and watch Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes tries to punch with yeah. the inside hand and make contact. He's expecting an outside release here just because Randall Cobb came kind of gave him that hard outside jab, as you can see right here for those watching on the YouTube. He does a really good job selling it with his head too. You can see the head just kind of dip in that position. Then he explodes off that outside foot. And Randall Cobb is wide open over the middle of the field. There's no rat in the hole. There's no one dropping from off the line of scrimmage to be an underneath middle of the hook defender, which is something that the Giants did a lot in the second half, and we'll go over that. So Darnay Holmes just loses cleanly, and this ends up being a huge gain for the Packers. Exactly right. So this is an interesting one for me, Nick, pre-snap, because it looks like the Giants are in some kind of middle field close, but they rotate down the safety, and it almost becomes like a cover zero look. And I'm sure they charted this as one of those 14 or whatever it was cover zero snaps. Oh, they definitely did. Because cover zero, according to the charting, it's not an all-out blitz. It's just there's no safety. That's what cover right. zero actually is. But this is something that the Giants end up doing a little bit later on in the game as well with different defenders. You could see O'Shane Zimenez because it's a two-by-two two set. O'Shane Zimenez is the MN on the line of scrimmage to the more field side. He drops off, and he tries to wall off anything that would come inside. And then Jihad Ward also drops off. He's in the A-gap that would also be to the field side. And the Giants end up bringing the defender who looks like he's going to be over the number two wide receiver to the boundary side. So that transitions the middle of the field, close safety pre-snap over the top of Bob Tanyan. So there's no safety in the middle of the field. And Aaron Rodgers processes this very fast. And he takes a deep shot on a slot fade against Darnay Holmes, Randall Cobb and Darnay Holmes doesn't get the face guarding penalty. Luckily Dan, but he ends up, he ends up making a really good play here. Just getting in the way of Randall Cobb and not allowing him to catch the football. Yeah, that's that's yep. And it's not the best throw either from Rogers. We're going to be honest. No, it's not. And we say that quite a bit here. You get another free rusher, though, Dan. You get another, it free, is another rusher. free rusher. I want to give him credit for that. It's harder to throw with the free rusher. But still, he has a chance to get this ball off. He has to throw from that kind of three fours angle, though, because of the free rusher. Like if you look at McKinney here, he can't he can't throw this exactly as he wants to because McKinney closes in on him so fast. And I want everybody to pay attention to the Packers protection here. Look at the center and the guard, and they end up kind of blocking themselves. Both of those guys are wasted in the protection. And this is something that's going to happen 
later on in the game. And this is something that Wink's going to go back to. You crowd the line of scrimmage. No one knows who is coming on this blitz. And then you end up having to one side of the formation, the non-blitz side, two wasted blockers. You have a one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one to the blitz side, and then an unblocked rusher coming right in at Aaron Rodgers. You just drop two defenders off into middle hooks and just waste blockers. I I just think Wink Martindale, there's got to be, I don't watch film on every team, Dan, but there's got to be just few defensive coordinators who do a better job wasting opponents blockers. Like I love to hear that too, right? Like giant, that's unbelievable takeaway right there from Nick, because he's so right. There's that's what we talk about when we're talking about manipulating the protections by, you know, just where you're aligning these defenders pre-snap. And when you have wasted guys in protection, or if there's like one or three guys protecting one guy on that side of the field, that's when you have it. That's another easy way to get an edge from a schematic standpoint as a defense, because you're using ex, like three guys or two guys to account for one defender. Or sometimes I've seen, you know, the giant or the opposing team. There was one snap, I think of last week or the week before where there were three offensive linemen in the area and there was only one giants pass rush. So the rest dropped. And it's just like the rest of those players who aren't, you know, you, when you're using three guys to block one guy, well, that gives you a disadvantage as an offense. There's reasons why a lot of opposing offensive coordinators, Dan, say the player or the coach that they hate to go up against the most is Wink Martindale. Yes. And it's because of stuff like this. Before imagine season, you know, that's what Greg Cosell said. He said the n- number one name that came up the most was Wink Martindale. Imagine offensive line coaches and what they have to do. You don't know who's coming on the pressure. And yeah, it might make it a little bit easier for even good quarterbacks, but you could see Aaron Rodgers struggling here because he has free rushers in his face. Like his accuracy was not on in this game. Maybe you could chalk it up to the fact that he's in London. Maybe he just had a bad day. I don't know. But all I know is Wink Martindale designed plenty of free rushers to get after him. And that coincides with Aaron Rodgers being off target with plenty of throws. Yeah, you nailed it. And now we have this third down play. The second down play, Rodgers just missed Romeo Dobbs the flat. And you can see the adjustment here by the Giants. Randall Cobb has been an issue for the Giants all game. So what does the Giants do? They put a Dory Jackson on Randall Cobb and they run him on the horizontal cross. This is, I guess, presumably the play where Dory Jackson gets hurt because we don't see him again. Let's, and this look, is a, let's, try to, let's try to look at this one um, and see if we can kind of figure right out there. how that injury looks. Possibly right there. Dory Jackson engages and he tries to keep Randall Cobb from going inside, but Randall Cobb kind of flings Dory Jackson around and wins inside. And you can see Dory Jackson awkwardly kind of stumbles there on this third yep. down. And then he and then he kind of like just trots. He doesn't really limp too much. It looks like he kind of favors it a lot at the end of the play. Like right there, he kind of drops down, as you can see. So maybe that's exactly what happened. But I think this is just... First off, the pressure almost gets home from Kayvon Thibodeau, but Julian Love, again, makes a gigantic tackle here. Mind you, you know it's getting towards the end of the half right here, but Aaron Rodgers somehow pat Mahomes' ball over to Robert Tunyon, who's initially in protection, and then it's just Robert Tunyon against Julian Love with nobody else, essentially. You have this deep safety who's basically on the goal line. Julian Love fights through the contact and makes that tackle before he gets out of bounds. That is an awesome play right there by Julian Love. And that's the third time we've called out love for making an unheralded, awesome play on the film. And let's watch it from this angle. Just keep an eye on number 20 here and the play he makes. Rogers evades, boom, breaks down on it, and then takes him away. And like you said, I mean, there are some Gi- the Giants are a defense that always rallies. I know you brought this up earlier, and this was a great play, beloved. I'm not sure he gets the first down anyway. It's tough to say, but either way, an open field tackle like that goes a long way. The first down isn't even, I mean, it is a big deal, but the yeah, time was right. starting to run out. It's more about right. time here. True. Look at this hold the Bakhtiari on O'Shane Zimenez. And dude, oh, yeah, what is all that? Wow. Is, wow. Look at that is, hold. 
what is this ref doing? This ref is looking <laughs> right at it. He's looking directly. Oh, my. Funny. The ref's looking right at this hold. Both refs have an eye on. Honestly, dude, both these refs are looking at. It's a weird no call. I feel like with holding, man, the refs are really subjective when they, when they call holding. We've always heard, like, you could call a hold on every play. You know, that, like, that old, like, adage in the NFL, like, or you could really call a hold on every play. But, like, these ones that are so egregious here, like from Bakhtiari, I don't understand how you can't call that when you have two refs looking at it. But And that would have knocked him back 10 yards. That could have been a big deal. It could have been a huge deal. And yeah. honestly, dude, I, I kind of think some of it, Dan, is in this sounds stupid, is just the fact that David Bakhtiari is one of the best tackles in the league and O'Shane's and is O'Shane's and Like it, like if yeah. this was Von Miller, like kind of like in basketball, you know, James Harden gets like every call. It's sort of like that. Like stars get preferential treat treatment. And I think if this is Von Miller, he might have got this call or a player like that. That's probably a great point. And you and you think about that when it comes to like the roughing the passers, right, Nick? How like Tom Brady, it seems, gets some Jeez. of the calls. Um, and so I, I think that could translate also to like the defensive ends and the edge rushers as well and the and the, and the tackles. It and could. also I just want to bring up Kayvon right here. He's up against a tight end. Mind you, it's Bob Tanyan, who's not the best blocker, but watch how he gets his hands inside, violently sheds, gets to the half man, creates the separation. And it's not even like Tanyan was trying to shed and then just present the target because Tanyan looks like, oh crap, what do I do? Okay, let me just get into a route right here. And then there's Aaron Jones, man. And if there's one takeaway about the Green Bay Packers offense that I did not know, Dan, it's that Aaron Jones is freaking good in pass protection, man. Yeah, Aaron Jones is really good in pass protection. That's one thing that I definitely noticed after watching this game. But Packers end up getting a field goal here on this play. And we, and end that, half. we end up ending the half, and the Giants get the football and drive down the field and get a field goal on their first drive of, of the of the second half. And so now we're into the third quarter, and I think this is just an interesting thing to note, Nick. The Packers have one drive in the third quarter. Just think about how crazy that is. They just get the ball for one drive. And they really only have two drives in the fourth quarter because they end up getting it for that Hail Mary play. But it's a one play drive. So they only end up having three possessions the whole half. That goes to show what we talked about in the last podcast, how the offense can aid the defense. But, you know, this seven play 46 yard drive that we're about to talk about after the Giants score the field goal to cut it to a one score game. This is the key drive in this game for the defense. Like if you want to ask what were defense is most proud of in this game, it's probably not the three and outs. They had. they had two three and outs, one coming after this. They're probably most proud of this because the Packers were driving into scoring range. They were going to score at least a field goal. And that and that Dexter Lawrence sack, which we're going to show in a second, changes everything there. So let's dive into this drive right now. It's crazy too, Dan, because they pick up yeah. on five on five plays, they pick up four first downs. Like that's insane right here. And we'll go over one of them right here. Against I formation, the Giants are come out nickel personnel. They just play action. And remember, this oh, is right after Dory Jackson is out of the game. Quick slant right here against Nick McLeod. Good adjustment by Alan Lazard to kind of go up, and he's like six foot six, so you know it's easier for him to do it. Makes that catch, pick up the first down. Tay Crowder right here, kind of a little bit late to get his head around. You can see he gets his head around, and the football's kind of coming, and it takes him a little bit to adjust and actually realize what's going on. But we we can see this also from the sideline angle. And, and the first couple plays of this drive, though, man, I'm I'm getting worried. I'm like, damn, man, the Packers are not losing any steam. I know the Giants just had this long 11 play drive. They got some points on the board, but geez, they look really hot to start this drive. And luckily, it didn't last. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not even that it didn't last. The Giants just came up with such a big play at the right time. Sometimes football's about that. Like they weren't really slow. I mean, they were. You could say they were slowing down anyway because they got themselves into a third and eight situation. Um, but really, I mean. 
you have an overthrow in the second. We'll get to it in a second. But you have an overthrow in the second down, and, and you get into that third and long situation, the Giants are just able to capitalize. It's kind of what it comes down to, the execution there. Absolutely. Dexter Lawrence makes a really good play right there, yes. as you can see. And then the Packers end up getting a first down because Nick McLeod takes a holding penalty. They come out in this split back look with DeGuara again, use Christian Watson in motion to remove Fabian Moreau, and then they run the football with A.J. Dillon, who ends up getting a first down. Yeah, we can see the adjustment here on the end zone angle. I feel like Jalen Smith bites, and he fills this gap. And it's a really good play by Jalen Smith because he fills the gap, but then there's no one there to contain A.J. Dillon. But he does a good job like right there. He ends up filling this gap to take out that lead blocker, and that forces A.J. Dillon to bounce around. But this blocker on Jihad Ward. job on Ward, yeah. Hitting Ward, so nobody's really out there. Crowder's taken out of the play. And Crowder's taken out of play, but what a play by Jalen Smith to fill and then work around and then still make this tackle. Before I Julian wonder Love if, yeah, it's a great play by Jalen Smith to fill, like you said, and then still be able to make that tackle. Look, he bounces off that. But I wonder if it makes sense for, like, I guess they're just playing. It seems like they almost have, like, Ward and Smith playing the same gap almost here. It's, I guess it is kind of, because uh, Ward goes in here and he's taking on a puller. Right, And it does look like that. And he's wrong arming too. He's not squeeze technique. Squeeze technique would mean that he would be going in with that inside shoulder and then he would keep the outside arm free. But instead here, he wrong arms and Jalen Smith fills at the same time. So you're right because a wrong arm technique is designed for him to just collapse this desired gap, create a traffic jam and then bounce everything outside. Jalen Smith fills off of the second blocker on this counter run and just removes Josiah DeGuara, but then he's not there to make the tackle on the outside. that puts Nick McLeod in a really crappy situation. Yeah. Jay Crowder, like we talk about how linebackers bail each other out sometimes. This would be one of those situations where you you ideally would want Tay Crowder to bounce around and get out there. But at the same time, Tay Crowder has to respect this A-gap initially. Right. Like he bounced around and AJ Dillon could have hit this and then got past Justin Ellis, who is eating a double team. So it's just one of those plays where it was blocked up well by Green Bay. And, yeah, and they pinned Ward inside. They did a good job on Ward. Yeah, well, he used the wrong arm instead of squeezing there. And I'm not sure what the rules were for the defense on who has what gap or gotcha. whatnot. But he, I feel like I, I like this pop right here by Jalen Smith right there. And I love the fact that he was able to get contained, even though he surrendered 11 yards. He was able to show hustle and effort to track down A.J. Yeah. Dillon. But You're again, right. man, just another nice run and another nice play by the Green Bay Packers. And right here, we're starting to sweat, Dan. We're just starting to sweat. Yeah, they were on a run here. We were starting to be like, all right, look, it was good. It was a fun game. We, we gave it a shot, but the Packers are rolling again. But here comes this big sequence. It was right after that play, right? Because there was an 11-yard rush. I know there was actually one play. The Randall Cobb play. Yeah, yeah. Cobb play, yep. You have a cover six type of look. Yeah. Xavier McKinney drops down, and he takes like a middle hook, and the Giants end up just being in a cover three type of defense. And Randall Cobb gets matched up on Jalen Smith. Just a phenomenal play extending it by by Aaron Rodgers. And by uh Randall and Cobb. By Cobb too. Yep. Yeah. But this is on the court. For me, it's the quarterback there. If you're just watching Rodgers, I mean that's a play we don't see a lot of quarterbacks make out of structure. Yeah, he's he's insane. I can't believe the Giants beat him. And that's not a slight on the Giants. It's just Aaron Rodgers is he's an elite quarterback in this league, and the Giants were able to defeat him. And he didn't have an elite game, to be honest. You know, he did not. that's the interesting part. They threw him off his game completely. This is a great play by him. Look, he gets in and he gets out of the pocket and then just rips this ball into that window. Wow. Um, Dude, that, toe, that toe drag swag right there from Randall oh Cobb. Cobb. Yeah, that is. I nice. knew that was a catch. Can do those kinds of things. It's like he just I just didn't feel like he was very explosive as a route runner. No, no, he's not. 
either. I mean, I guess he was a little bit when he was younger, but he wasn't he like was. the most explosive. He was just like a crafty route run. He was just True. a really good True. route run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jordan right. Nelson was more of the explosive element of those old Packer teams. Yep. That's a good point. So anyway, and here that, comes the big sequence. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Let's get into this. The big sequence pre-snap. Kind of like we the have? big salad, right, Nick? The big you salad. Had to have the, the big, big salad. salad. You had to have the big <laughs> salad. Good old Seinfeld reference right there. Love it, Dan. You don't have to Look, say it, by the way. No more mentioning it. If people don't know this, any any Seinfeld reference, that's on them. And and to be completely honest, me and Nick will think less of you. You're right, but Dan, I watched you fail terribly on one of your CBS live streams. It was Bob, like, you know, on CBS. The oh, Bob Sacrament. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did mess that up. Yeah. Like it I was, knew three... it was Seinfeld. I had a feeling the Bob Sacrament. It's it's all of Kramer's friends. It was like four of Kramer's friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I was screaming at the, at the freaking monitor, man. I'm sitting here doing work and I like watching you and Adam do your thing. And I'm like, Dan, come on, bro. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who's Bob Sacamano? Like we literally have a Twitter <laughs> follower who is called Bob Sacamano, who always comments on we our do, stuff. Shout do. out to him. I guess that's that's the reference. Heard yeah. Uh, that's a bad one by me. I told him if you give me a curb reference, I won't miss a single curb your enthusiasm reference. I've seen every episode of Seinfeld, but like all mixed, and it was most of them when I was younger. Curb I've rewatched recently, so that helps me like with the memory. And I'll be honest, man, my memory sucks. You know this about me. I do not have a good memory. Smoke uh let's just say uh I have a little bit too much fun with the flower. So then one day they'll come up with some kind of me- I've always said this the doctor or the scientist who figures out a way to improve your memory, take a pill to improve your memory. I'm the first one to sign up and pay all my money for that. Immediately. I would love to have a better memory, but yes, I missed that, that Seinfeld reference, but we did get the big salad in. So here we go. The big sequence. It's the big sequence right here is first down right after that Randall Cobb play. We went over giants. Look, look, maybe cover six again, right? Xavier McKinney rotates down once again, right before the snap, the run is already called and you're going to have Xavier McKinney fill this backside a gap right here. And you can really see it on this end zone angle. Watch. Aaron Rodgers, he might be checking to a run right here. I'm not really 100% sure. He could be checking to a run. Tay Crowder's communicating, and then Xavier McKinney starts to come down. The snap happens, and then he fills this A-gap. Aaron Jones cannot bounce into this A-gap. Christian Watson has no angle to block Xavier McKinney, so now Aaron Jones just has to go right into this wall of defense right here. Like This is an insane wall. O'Shane's men is stacking this tight end. Nick Williams, low leverage, low hat. Hands are inside of his assignment. Dexter Lawrence is just pushing his guy backwards. And there's nothing. That's, that's the type of wall that can't even come down with giants. <laughs> nice. That was a terrible. I tried to get a little Game of Thrones reference in there. I think you got it, but it just wasn't well executed. I'll go back no. to the drawing board. No, no, no. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I think you wanted to do more with it. But I wanted you to didn't do know, more with it. You didn't know how to. So you said with giants and you were thinking as you were saying yes, giants for something else. Yes. I got myself like there. Dude, that happens. I'll come back to that at some point. All right. That happens to me all the time. But this is such a good play by Xavier McKinney and just Wink Martindale to rotate him down to the weak side. And I just love the run defense over here to the strong side of the play. Just absolutely nowhere for Aaron Jones to go. And this ends up going for just two yards to set up a second and eight. On the second and eight, two men, they try to take a deep shot here. Yeah, they go they with the deep Yankee concept. This is something that Dallas has run. It's good against middle of the field closed type of defenses. And he just overthrows Dobbs, probably luckily because Xavier McKinney covers this very well, as you can see. You do it off the play action to suck the linebackers up. Fabian Moreau is all over Christian Watson. Great coverage. 
great coverage by the Giants. But you try to take a shot. I get it. Second and eight, you go off the play action. You're in field goal range. But this is the downside to doing something like that. And we're typically proponents of doing that. But the downside is now you're in a third and eight if you don't connect on that shot. And you're in third and eight. And this is just excellent by the New York Giants. The sack by Dexter Lawrence. We'll go over it more on the end zone view. But just watch Tony Jefferson, who was aligned in the A gap the top of your screen a little bit more. He's going to drop off and sink underneath this number two. Remember how earlier, Dan, we were going over how Randall Cobb was winning inside on these little slants and things like that. Well, this is a little adjustment. We're going to take advantage of the protection, which we'll go over in a second because of the alignment pre-snap from Tony Jefferson and also sink him underneath the number two receiver who is going to be the first read for Aaron Rodgers. This worked perfectly for the New York Giants and perfectly for Wink Martindale. Exactly right there. And, you know, it's good to see the Giants have such a good coverage for this kind of call here on a second and eight, on a key second and eight like this. And you'll really see how this materializes, the brilliance in this from the end zone angle right here. You have Tony Jefferson, who is aligned in the A-gap, and it's kind of like a two-eye position. So he's on the inside shoulder of the guard. And you're going to have Jihad Ward on the other side of the center, kind of in a two-eye position. And the Packers, because of this, are going to slide the center to help the guard with Jihad Ward, especially because you have Xavier McKinney who could also come on a blitz to that side. You also have O'Shane Zimenez occupying the tackle. But to the pressure side where Tony Jefferson is, he's standing right in the A-gap, and then at the snap, he drops underneath the number two receiver. But if you watch, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see where the attention is initially paid by that guard. He looks right at Tony Jefferson, and that even steps in that direction. And because of that presence from Tony Jefferson, Dan, that forces 74, the tackle, to step towards Dexter Lawrence, who is in a four-eye type of technique, and it's going to leave Kayvon Thibodeau as the unblocked defender. So Rodgers, theoretically, would throw hot in this situation. But what ends up happening is Tony Jefferson drops off to remove the hot read even though the protection is blocking like it should be hot. 70, the guard, realizes, so he transitions to Dexter Lawrence, but now Dexter Lawrence already has better positioning because 70 is late to transition to him, and it takes 74 a split second to realize that Jefferson dropped in the coverage that he needs to get over to Kayvon Thibodeau. So now Thibodeau is already basically hip-to-hip, winning high side, and Rodgers notices this, so he tries to step up in the pocket and evade, but Dexter Lawrence just takes advantage of this guard and runs right through him to get this sack. Like, one reason why this play happened, yeah, great on Dexter Lawrence because of the strength and the power and the force and all that. Good get off by Kayvon Thibodeau, even though it was assisted somewhat by the fact that the tackle had to pay attention to Dexter Lawrence. This is also just great pre-snap alignment. Yes, to exactly. That side of the line of scrimmage. That is what nobody is talking about. Tony Jefferson's position here, Dan, is one reason why the Giants get this sack. And this one play, this one position, this one alignment could be one reason or could be the reason why the Giants end up winning this football game. Yeah, to me, this is more than anything on Wink than it is on other players. Like, look, just you can see it yourself. Run it back. Focusing on Dexter Lawrence. Focusing on Kayvon Thibodeau one after another if you want to. There's nothing too special about what they do here. What's really the reason this happens? I mean, it's a good bull rush from from Dexter Lawrence. But what the reason this is made possible is because seventy the guy who Lawrence ends up beating has his eyes right on Tony Jefferson. Look at his eyes. Look at where his helmet is before the snap. And he has to even look at him. Then he comes off of him. But by that point, it's too late. His eyes are directly on Jefferson. And by that point, 
Dexter already has the step. He's out of position. He's trying now to recover 70, but it's too late. He's off bounds out of position. And as you can see, the tackle 74 has to go back to Kayvon Thibodeau. So at that point, he can't even help out Dexter Lawrence, despite the fact that maybe he, he could have if he had taken a different set. So really, like you said, this is on the alignment. This is on Wink Martindale. And it's just so awesome to watch a sack like this, like schemat go into how it works out schematically like this. When you see that guard 70, just eyes straight on Jefferson and then totally out of position to get back in, in time to get Lawrence. And Jihad Ward's alignment deserves a beer as well, if we're going to be real. He's in there two wide to the backside. And what does he do? He releases to the center. The center can't help out at all. So he releases and just engages the center. So now you have a three versus three to that side. And what do you have? A wasted blocker to the other side in this guard. This guard's not doing anything. He's wasted. It's a four-man pass rush. And four of the offensive tackles are blocking at a five. So you're wasting a blocker and you have a miscommunication and from the from the other side of the formation that ends up getting this sack. So excellent scheme on a third and eight, get the sack and this knocked the Packers out of field goal range. So just, a I mean, think about it like this, think about it like this. You have a four man protect, you have a four, four man rushing against a five man protection that in general, and look how quick that pressure was like that in general should not lead to a, a pressure overall let alone that one that quick. But why is that possible? Well, like you said, Nick, there is a wasted lineman there. The left guard is completely wasted on the play. He's standing around with no one to block. And and yet, despite that, the Giants are able to get in right away and get a sack. It's just that scheme right there. That's play calling. That's that's play design. That's execution. But more importantly, that scheme, because like you said, it's another example of a wasted blocker. That's what he does. He manipulates these protections to waste blockers, Wink Barndale. And that's genius to me. Yes, he turns blockers into garbage. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Total just waste. waste. Just a waste of a player. They're basically playing 10 on 11 for that. <laughs> Absolutely love it, man. But now we have the three and out, yep. which is excellent for This was another three. turning point. I like how somebody said it on, I think it was just Big Cat when he was talking about the game with, with PFT on the on the part of my take. And they're not really like football analysts or anything for the most part. That's mostly a fun show. But they said like, and it is true, when you're playing a game and you, you're, and you're watching the flow of a game, right? The momentum of a game, Nick. And one team goes down, they score a touchdown like the Giants did on that kind of like 11 play, 90, 91 yard drive, 15 play, 91 drive. And then your next team goes out with three incompletions, no clock movement and a three and out. That's such a mom- momentous thing for the game. Like that does shift momentum in a game because it's three incompletions. The clock doesn't roll. And then you're right back. The defense is right back on the field for Green Bay. It's excellent, man. It's absolutely excellent. I feel like the Giants had a tip here on what the Packers were going to do. If you go to the end zone angle, you can yeah. see it a little bit better. Look at Belton. Look at not just Belton, but yeah, he points. But I think the the tip was the Packers alignment. Aaron yeah. Jones is so far away from Aaron Rodgers. This isn't going to be a run from this kind of formation. We haven't seen anything like this so far. We have not seen Aaron Jones be that far away and it be a run. You have a double Y set to where Aaron Jones would run. And you can see Dane Belton might communicate that here. I'm not really entirely sure, but you can see Dane Belton drops back. And then Xavier McKinney, who was to the run side, the strong side, he takes the deep coverage here. So it's a little bit of a transition there from the New York Giants. And that could have been based on the pre-snap alignment from the Packers. And I like the play too, man. Do you have anything on that, by the way? No, it's a great observation by you. I love that. Thank you. So here you have Xavier McKinney deep, and this is just going to be a play where I feel like Aaron Rodgers, if he was patient, would have had the slant. I like this play call from the Packers because they run a slot fade to Alan Lazard against man coverage, cover one with Romeo Dobbs going underneath as the slant receiver here, underneath yeah. the release of 
Alan Lazard, as you could see here. And what ends up happening is there's he contact. He could rip that one. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, we talked about how the Giants got lucky, unlucky with some calls. Giants got lucky with this one. This is illegal contact. This should have been called. Also, somewhat natural because Nick McLeod is, is making a decision right here. Do I work underneath this release and try to get the Dobbs or do I work over the top? And he tries to work over the top and he just kind of runs right into Alan Lazard right there. But Honestly, Dan, if this was completed to Romeo Dobbs, this would have been a penalty on the Green Bay Packers, just like it was on previous two weeks for the Giants, right? I mean, it was the same type of thrown that ball to to Romeo Dobbs. Like, yeah, Jalen Smith is cheating over, but you could rip that window. I mean, you're Aaron Rodgers. You can make that throw. You also have, I don't know if this is a mistake, maybe based on the fact that Dane Belton transitioned off of the pre-snap alignment, that both Dane Belton and Tay Crowder take jones right there in the flat and then that leaves this throwing window open but damn jalen smith kind of realizes what's going on or at least he reads aaron Rodgers here and you can see jalen smith just hustled to work underneath the the slant from romeo Dobbs. but by that point aaron Rodgers seems to have made his mind up to throw the the fade but that contact is what screws this entire thing up now lazard realistically might not have caught this football Against that's why he's calling. I mean, he thinks it's a legal contact lazard i think this is debatable i think to me this should have been called because he does disrupt the route. Nick. Yeah, I know. I know it's he's trying to work underneath, but I'm not sure if that's a, a legal thing to do. No, no, I, I get it, man. I mean, I'm I'm very happy with the no call. Yeah. As I'm sure and we deserve it because we got the McKinney call. They, they went back and forth. There were some bad calls here. Some like I don't think it was like either side got any kind of. I would argue this is incidental though because of yeah, the route. It could be. Yeah, it, he's trying to work underneath to that that, that in breaking slant. Like I get it. I just feel like you're still probably not allowed to make that kind of contact that but, far down the field. But this is what the offense scripted this play. For one reason, you want the slot fade. And the one reason why the slot fade was taken is because the Giants are in the middle of the field close right. type of defense. When they, they were in it in all three of these plays, by the way, which is just crazy when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, but you got to love Wink Martin. But one thing that Matt LaFleur thought when he was scripting this play is we're going to create this rub to naturally get in the way of Nick McLeod. And that's exactly what happens. It's just Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw the slant. He throws the slot fade right. instead. So they end up creating the pick, but it alters the route of the slot fade that ends up getting thrown. <laughs> That's such a good. Yep. I love that. Let's move on to the second down play, though. And this is going to be just a really great individual effort by Nick McLeod again. And here he does a great job not getting altered by Romeo Dobbs release. Because again, man coverage here, single high pre-snap. You could see it looks like they're going to be too high. Xavier McKinney goes downward towards the strength of the formation. Really protecting themselves from the run here, daring the Green Bay Packers to throw the ball. And then you're going to get a vertical release by Dobbs here. And then right underneath that, Randall Cobb is just going to run a little slant underneath a vertical release from Romeo Dobbs. And Nick McLeod has to fight through this traffic. And Nick McLeod does a really good job avoiding contact. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. Doesn't get contacted at all by Dobbs. And then he just gets right to the hip of Randall Cobb and harasses him enough for this pass to not get caught. And this ball is very catchable. It actually hits Cobb in the hands. And McLeod doesn't yep. even make contact on it. So very catchable football here, Dan. Off of a halfback play action misdirection. Look, it's right there. It's in his hands. But McLeod has that. Great play. He has that upfield hand to deflect. And then what have we been saying for years? It goes back to that time Jabril Pepper surrendered a touchdown against Boston Scott and Jerome Henderson publicly criticized him for it because Jerome Henderson teaches this. Jerome Henderson, this is the way you defend. A lot of great defensive back coaches teach this. You go with that upfield hand and then this backside hand, you control the hip. You don't want to be too aggressive. Yep. Control the hip with the right hand. Yep. That's a great, great, great technique right there. 
It's a great technique, but the reason you do it is just in case if you miss this, you have that backside hand who has right. control and you can make the tackle. Right. But here, Cobb doesn't even make the catch because we saw Jabril Peppers go with the backside hand and he missed, and then you have no positive control on the receiver whatsoever. So it's just sound technique that every defensive back should coach, in my opinion. It's great to see from a guy who's just like forced to come in there at this time of the game. So we get into a third and 10 situation here. Um, this is a big play for this entire game, right? Like getting off the field here, like we said, makes a big difference. So the Giants open up here with what looks like what a middle of the field close looks one single high safety. Or is it yep. more like a quarters coverage? No, this is the middle of the field closed again. It's the same yeah, thing. Man it's just coverage be- with the rest of them. Yep. A man coverage type of play here. Only the middle of the field close safety kind of drops to rob the number two, as you can see. He's not gaining depth here. And this is something Aaron Rodgers looks at right here. He drops to rob Randall Cobb. So that's his his goal right there. He's kind of like a trap type of coverage, if you want to call it that. He's not dropping to depth. Rodgers reads that. The blitz gets picked up, by the way. And then the Giants also drop Nick Williams and freaking Justin Ellis into the middle hooks to rob anything that's close. Aaron Rodgers reads this and he knows that he has a one-on-one matchup with a six foot five, six foot six wide receiver, Alan Lazard against Fabian Moreau. And he takes a shot and Moreau just makes a great play here, kicks the football. So he doesn't get, so Alan Lazard doesn't get it on the second effort. Like this is just a great individual play by Fabian Moreau and good defense or just unique defense. Maybe I should say, because you're eliminating the middle of the field crosser, but Julian love, you have no safety help though. And with no safety help, right? If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're taking the shot every day here. And the Giants are fine with him taking this shot, right? It's a third and 10 situation. These types of deep shots are not high percentage throws. Like even with an Aaron Rodgers type as your quarterback, you can see it is good coverage by Fabian Moreau. And I want that to be pointed out and really good job picking up the blitzer there. But these are not high. These are tough throws to complete no matter who you're throwing them to. I mean, obviously with Devontae Adams, that's one thing, but you're throwing this up to Alan Lazard here. Uh, Coverage is pretty good. He gets his head around, which is what they teach you to do. um, And that's how you avoid the pass interference. But I'm sure Wink Martindale will take a third and 10 go route bomb any day. Exactly. And then this is one reason why earlier in the podcast, I said, if Devontae Adams was here, I think they win this game because how many times have we gone over a play like this, Dan? And it was, oh, well, it was catchable or it was there or, or what have you, but the receiver just doesn't come down with it. Or Aaron Rodgers was a little bit off with it. That happened a lot in this game. And I feel like Devontae Adams is able to be in position or be able to make a catch like the one that Alan Lazard drops here. But let's look at the way Wink Martindale brings pressure here. He Right before the snap, he takes Tay Crowder and he loops him around to occupy Mercedes Lewis. And then you take Jihad Ward to take out Elgin Jenkins. And the pre-snap four-eye techniques, Justin Ellis, who's more of a three technique, I guess, and then Nick Williams, they both drop off the line of scrimmage with Dexter Lawrence as the nose. Like 700 kind of pounds a man dropping off the line of scrimmage. 700 pounds <laughs> in the middle of the field. You got to love it. Yeah. But what happens with 70 and 76? They're somewhat wasted here. 70 helps Myers out with Dexter right. Lawrence. 76 is another wasted blocker. They're wasted blockers. And then you have Kayvon Thibodeau going up against Bakhtiari and Xavier McKinney is screaming off the edge here, unblocked until... Aaron Jones realizes what's such happening. a good job here. Look at this block, block by Jones to recover there at a position and to make, and to take out McKinney there. It's an incredible individual play by Aaron Jones. Honestly, my one takeaway about the Packers is that Aaron Jones is an absolute stud pass <laughs> protector. And Packers yeah. fans would be like, no, he's not. He's I, I don't know. I'm just going off of this game. He was phenomenal. Aaron Rodgers should have got killed here, Dan. He should have gotten, gotten killed. It was schemed up perfect. You needed you need to rely on a running back who already commits inside to make an incredible recovery to get there. And the, it's just a great individual play by by Jones. It's an absolutely amazing individual play. And here we see Fabian Moreau right here. It gets his head around. Yep. And then I love how he gets that arm 
<laughs> and kicks it so it doesn't come off the tip. That is fun. Yep. Right here. Watch. He uses that what would have been pre-snap his outside arm to disrupt the catch point. And then Alan Lazard makes eye contact with the ball and he's trying to adjust to catch it. And Xavier Moreau just uses his foot to kick it back up in the air, right into Alan Lazard's face mask to force the incomplete pass. <laughs> Crafty little play right there from Xavier Moreau. Without a doubt. Um, just great to see. All right. So now it's a three and out here. And I'm looking back at this game drive in this log to try to get to the next one, because at this point, the giants go back down. And it's now 27 to 20 Giants at this point. So now we're in the crunch time of this game. That was the Saquon Barkley touchdown drive. The backers need to go on a drive. They go 14 plays, 69 yards, and it takes five choose up five minutes a clock. Obviously, we know what happens in the end, but let's try to get to what happened before that. Right here on the first play, man, this could have been a huge demoralizing. Oh, yeah. This is the Lazard one, right? Yep. Lazard is wide open on this play on a double Dang. move against McLeod. Look at that. Look how open he is. And back it up a little because I think anticipatory throwing here, like you can make it like right when he makes that double move, the ball could be out right here. Look at Rodgers. Paused right, right here. There. The ball could be out right here if you know the yeah. play call. If you know the play call, right. And then you see the safety depth. Like you know that you have the, the, the step on that safety. That ball should have been out way earlier. Even after he, even after he, if he misses right away, he still has an opportunity even after a step, step right there to get the ball out. But it looks like he's kind of made his decision to go to Cobb here the whole way. It's wild. This pass, if it was made, would have won the Packers the game because the Giants yeah, are over. Quarter, quarter, half, it looks like right here. And you have the guy running out into the flat, but you have all of these defenders who are kind of scrambling at this point. If you watch Randall Cobb, it looks like he's blocking initially. Look at Randall Cobb, who releases as the number two receiver inside of Alan Lazard, who runs the double move, just a little stick inside, and then he's the one who comes wide open. But Randall Cobb goes in like he's blocking on Darnay Holmes, and then he releases. It's like the Packers in their playbook or Aaron Rodgers in his head thought that the the play that was going to be open was going to be Randall Cobb because of that fake. Like Darnay Holmes, right. who is going to be this underneath defender, is going to fly down on Aaron Jones because of the fake block. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't come off this once he realizes that it's not necessarily there because Darnay Holmes does a really good job recollecting himself and then putting himself right back in face. Great play by Darnay Holmes. But Nick McLeod is toasted here. He's oh, absolutely here. Julian Love is not in position that's to That's against to Alan that. Lazard, who's not even a vertical receiver. Like that that's not a good great sign, I guess. For well, it was, it was uh, a double it was the double move. Double the double move. move. They got they got beat with him earlier, even though Rodgers didn't throw it earlier. Both the plays that Rodgers could have had back for touchdowns are both double moves. And you see it from this angle. I mean, he had multiple seconds before that to release that. By that point, by the time the throws made, I mean Lazard's trying to come back toward the sideline, but he has a fine pocket to throw that in. I think he just didn't I think he just didn't see it. And then you have Jihad Ward almost making contact, right? If you look really closely on the YouTube, Jihad Ward gets his hand and it just narrowly misses, grazing Aaron Rodgers' arm as he throws this football. And it's just kind of sailed, I think, because of that pressure. But man, it, Packers really missed an opportunity on this play. And I, we said before that would have been a game. I don't think that we, we have to, I want to correct that. It wouldn't have been a game over. It would have been a tie game. And the way the Giants' offense was moving the ball, I think they would have a really good opportunity to get into Gano range. So, but it would have been a tie game. Yeah, and I think it's really, really good that you clarified that. And now this is a, a, I guess you could say a bad play by Kayvon Thibodeau, who attempts to go inside as the contained right. defender, and he gets washed down. And Aaron Jones, man, again, praising Aaron Jones here for his pass protection. This is a really good adjustment by Aaron Jones to peer out of, out of his peripheral vision and realize that Kayvon Thibodeau is being a little bit too aggressive here. And then he bounces outside and ends up picking up, I think, seven yards on this rush. Yep, and a good job by, by Jade... Uh... Jalen Smith to, to, to scrape over the top of that block and get off that block. Yeah, he just gets off the block. He actually makes contact with them and then just sheds 
Heavy hands, yep. man. Heavy hands. Good shit. Good block shedding right there from, from Jalen Smith. He's got some pop, too. We talk a lot about Jalen yep. Smith's athletic ability. He actually has some really solid pop on contact, too. He's been really solid for the Giants. He really has. Do you think the hair, like having the long hair, helps them just in terms of confidence? I feel like it, aesthetically speaking, it might. <laughs> it looks so damn good. And I got to say, I was watching the Packers offense in preparation for this game. Yeah. I watched Aaron Jones get pulled down by his by hair. hair. Was, yeah, that happened. I was so like, oh my God, I was like, that's got to hurt so bad. But here's a third and four, man. And, and the Giants come out. And again, I think it's a middle of the field close. They have a six man box. So a box design. that you can run into, right? And Aaron Rodgers is going through his progressions, as you can see, but Bob Tanyan just chips and he releases and provides an easy target here for, for an easy first down type of conversion. As you can see you have two clear outs, and then when Bob Tanyan catches this ball, there's not a giant within, what, 20 yards of him? Yeah, thank God he's Bob Tanyan and he doesn't have, and look how that's the amount of ground he can pick up. <laughs> yeah. Giants have good coverage, though, downfield, other they than do. that. Like, I was going to say, there was nowhere else to really go with the ball and good pressure. If everybody blanket, I'm wondering if Tay Crowder here, and I'm not sure. Four man rush too. Yeah, I'm wondering if. Yeah, you're right. Williams, man, it's it's Nick Williams, and then it's who's that? Kayvon Thibodeau, of course. Kayvon yep. Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. Actually, I want to check this out from the end zone angle. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau. Like this room, like this is a good rush from Kayvon Thibodeau and Nick Williams. But take a look at this four man rush, and they get pressure with everything. Look at the power there. right there, and wow, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, is that Nick Williams right there? Yeah, Nick Williams is seventy down. Look at seventy. See ya. Yeah, and his feet don't even get tangled up, man. No. Like John Runyon struggled all game. Nick Williams bull rushes him Power. right to the deck. Boom. But if you look at Kayvon, man, Kayvon gets his hands inside. And this is a really good adjustment by this tackle. He kind of sit. You can see how the tackle sits, gets his hands readjusted, and anchors down. But this initial power by Kayvon Thibodeau to get him back on his feet like that. And you can see the guard really is like, oh, crap, man. He needs help right. over there. That's a good initial rush. But I feel like the tackle did a good job anchoring down. But I'm wondering if Tay Crowder, and I'm not sure, if he neglected to pay attention to Tanya here, Tanya's an eligible receiver in this right. three by one set. He drops back like he is in pass protection. And then Tay Crowder just kind of sinks to depth to eliminate Randall Cobb, but he sinks so far that it just so absolutely, ne depth. yeah, absolutely neglects Bob Tanya. you got to respect big Bob, bro. Yeah. And, and honestly, if he, if he does that probably, you know, they can stop that play, but it's all right. We move on to this next play after that conversion. At first and 10, pre-snap, we have a middle of the field open type of play call. Looks like it's quarters coverage, but it ends up being a run. And look at who we get to give kudos to on this play. I was waiting for this play. Another unheld, the giant defender. Watch him right here coming around. And Tomon Boom. Fox. Close. Big That's Tomon Fox, 49. Yep. 15 snaps, I think he played. And every one of them was, you see him out on the football field. I'm, I'm really glad this kid made the team. He's the really backside. Cool yeah, definitely. Backside unblocked defender. You see the two high safeties. So they're going to run the football in this situation. And he just delivers a big hit. Justin Ellis also does a good job shedding 71 there. 71 again. 71 on 71 crime right here. Watch him just toss 71 back. Unreal. That's a good play by Justin Ellis, man. It's a really good play by Justin Ellis, too. And and you know, we we talked a lot about we with with a signing like Justin Ellis, like where we going to get another version of um the idiot from Detroit we got from Detroit on that. I forget his name. <laughs> Danny Shelton. Danny Shelton. Like, yeah. because sometimes these guys are just like total bust. And that has not been the case with Ellis. He doesn't play a million snaps, but he does pretty, he does a pretty damn good job when he's out there. He does. This is a good play by two unheralded players. Only a two yard rush by look AJ. At, look at, that was awesome. Look at Ellis after. He's so pumped about this play that he made there. He's just, just a small thing. I just saw it. It's not, but uh, just, just cool to see two guys that, you know, 
unheralded players on this team, Ellis and Fox. Absolutely. And Dan, I feel like on this drive too, this was yeah. one of the drives where it was like Wink and LaFleur were just going back and forth, back <laughs> and forth with, with, with playing middle of the field close or sending pressure. That was more specifically when they're in the red zone, but like right here, they're, they're, they have three guys deep, right? Three guys deep. It looks like they're going to be in some cover six. So Aaron Rodgers just throws the number three little flat route. So it was kind of like death by a million paper cuts. If the Packers ended up scoring here, which they did not because it was just run the football against these favorable boxes. Cause you have two guys deep and we don't have that extra guy in the box or throw to the flat when it's there. And if you look here, Three by one set by the Packers, the number two receiver. This is the guy you want closer to the line of scrimmage. He's about four yards off the line of scrimmage, but the number one cornerback and the number three cornerback, and I meant the number two cornerback before, they're about 10 yards off the line. So there's so much space here for Randall Cobb. And I feel like Darnay Holmes does a solid job attempting to get outside there, but Alan Lazard just blocks him. This ends up going for a first down again. Yep. No, I was going to say that's that's what we've seen a lot of in this game that that chess match back and forth, and you start to see maybe it tilt a little bit toward um, Lafleur on this drive. In the beginning, that is right. Of course. At times, in the beginning, exactly. Of course, at the end, we start to see Wink show his true colors. And here they just run a boundary halfback pitch to Aaron this was Jones. A nice call. Justin Lane makes a nice physical tackle here this is like a, a big tackle by justin lane because he's the last line of defense at, at this time because you're gonna have some solid blocks over here to the play side yeah it's blocked up really well mercedes lewis does a really good job on jalen smith and then lane just kind of flies down to make the tackle this ends up going for i think eight yards on this play and it's going to set up another just easy pitch just another quick little throw yeah, second and wow. two Second That's really honestly looking back at the film as we've gone through it, man. It weren't too many, you know, he hit that deep dig to Dobbs. There weren't too many, and, and obviously the cop throw early in the game of the first drive. There weren't too many big throws in this game. A lot of it, when he did move the ball through the air, it was a lot of this type of stuff. It was a lot of this type of stuff. And I feel like the Giants and Justin Lane specifically played this very well. Justin Lane reads this, yeah, he sees the number two, kind of almost like a cut technique, just comes right down and then blows Alan Lazard up to force an incomplete pass, and then also force a third and two, where the Giants align again in an off type of leverage, and the Packers oblige. As you'll see right here, if you're watching on YouTube, they're off. So Rodgers throws a boundary out route, about five yards downfield to Alan Lazard. It's well-timed. I feel like Jalen Smith almost gets his hands into the throwing lane, ends up going for a completion against Justin Lane. Okay, so first and 10, little quarters action, little slant flat from the Packers here. Nothing too crazy. Just take what you give them. Take what the defense gives you. Yep, and the defense was giving this, man. They were giving this up until the red zone. They were okay with it because you have safeties at depth here. They're both in two read type of defenses right here. You could see the eyes of these defenders and how they open up. They're watching the release of the number two. But you could see the leverage of Nick McLeod right here. He's off 87, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs runs a quick slant route, and the depth of that safety is about 12 yards. So it's too much ground for him to cover on a well-timed pass by Aaron Rodgers. This ends up going for a little completion here. Yeah, that was an eight-yard gain there and sets up the second and two here. or a little RPO action. Second and two. Giants look like they're in a some sort of 
cover six look. They're not going into their cover zero looks yet. And again, what do the Packers do? This looks to me like it's some sort of RPO check. doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is really reading too much. Maybe he's glancing at O'Shane Zimenez and he sees Bob Tanyan on just a quick little flat pass. This is something that I expected the Packers to do all game. Yeah. And they've been doing all season to Bob Tanyan off the RPO. Let's see if he actually reads O'Shane Zimenez or if he knew pre-snap where he was going. It looks like he looks in that direction. O'Shane steps down. Doesn't even really go into the mesh point. It's an easy pitch and catch. And at this point is when Wink Martindale, I think, starts to change his tune a little bit. Because you have to. Because you've just been getting nickel and dimed this entire right. drive. You're surrendering all these little, little cuts. But at this point, with all the little cuts, you need a damn tourniquet. Yeah, and this is where I think you brought this up on your Twitter. Kayvon Thibodeau makes a really impressive... Or I'm not Kayvon Thibodeau. I think it was Jalen Smith makes a... Was it Thibodeau or Smith on this? I'm trying to rerun it back now. I well, this this tackle is one on Jalen Smith, but the Thibodeau play comes a little bit later because the the Packers just yeah won the they get another first here. down. Okay, yep, I, I was yeah. going a little far ahead of myself. Yeah, they get another first down here, and this is going to set up Kayvon Thibodeau making one of the more underrated plays. So Aaron Jones runs for eight on this first down play, and this is the last sequence of plays by the Green Bay Packers offense. So now you have a second and three. I think he ran for seven, whatever. But you have a second and three, shotgun, and Kayvon Thibodeau is going to make a tackle that forces a third and one. Aaron Rodgers just hands the football off to Aaron Jones, and Kayvon Thibodeau undercuts 73's block and then tackles Aaron Jones from the backside. You can see it right there. Also want to acknowledge Nick Williams, who gets his hand on Aaron Jones and kind of slows him down, right? He eats a double team block, Nick Williams, and then he somehow gets his arm free and makes contact with Aaron Jones. And that allows Kayvon Thibodeau to wrap up Aaron Jones's legs. And it's a group effort at this point with Jalen Smith also involved. So that is a very underrated play by both Kayvon Thibodeau and Nick Williams. Yep. And you can see the Giants defense rallying too. Just great to see. And that ends up stopped. I mean, that if they, they don't make that play. That's a first down. And they probably, the Giants could potentially lose this game because now they're in the third and two and they only need to stop them for two plays. Only stopping for two plays. And you can see here, Giants aren't uh, aren't in conservative mode when you're backed up this far. You want to start dictating things a little bit. So they're going to blitz their middle linebacker. And also, it's a three-by-one set with the nub. The nub is the backside tight end that is in line to the boundary side. So the three receivers are to the field side where there is a lot of space. Jalen Smith is the end man on the line of scrimmage to the three-receiver side. And he's going to act like he's blitzing. You know, take a step forward, and then he's going to sink underneath the number two receiver. And I feel like this little adjustment by Wink Martindale was a reason why they did not score a touchdown on this play because the Giants are just in man coverage across the board right here. And they're sending pressure with Jalen Smith dropping to just get in the way of the number two and the number three and the number one receiver, whoever's breaking inward. And watch how the Packers run a follow concept with the number three receiver, innermost receiver, Alan Lazard running an in route, just a quick slant. And then Randall Cobb's acting like he's running a flat route but then he's pivoting back inside. So it's just a little quick angle. And what happens to Darnay Holmes right here? Darnay Holmes completely falls for the flat route and he gets beat. And I feel like he recovers well, Dan, but he's beat here. And Aaron Rodgers wants to throw this football, but he has to double clutch while fading to his left and burp the baby a little bit there to allow Randall Cobb to pass through where Jalen Smith was. The presence of Jalen Smith here led to this PBU by Kayvon Thibodeau that ultimately almost was intercepted and then led to a fourth down. And just the new, this all those little details that go into making that play happen are just so so interesting to me, right? Like you have you have Thibodeau coming in and obviously making the tip. That's the that's the key factor in this play. But 
all of the moving parts here that make this possible and the coverage here and the little nuances to what Wink is doing post-snap. Let's take a look from the end zone angle at everything you just broke down and you could see what Rodgers is seeing on this play. So he snaps it here. He's he wants, to throw, the, he wants right. to throw the football there, Dan. Like That's you what can I'm see, saying. Like, yeah. And he just can't. He can't because he sees Jalen Smith there. Jalen Smith exactly. just sinking underneath this is such a huge part of this play. And that allows Kayvon Thibodeau to get the pressure that he wants on this little ET stunt by or twist by Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence. They both get their hands in the air. And this is such a great individual effort too by Thibodeau to knock this pass down. Because I don't know if this would have been completed. Darnay Holmes, to his credit, he didn't have the best game, but he does a really good job getting back in the phase here. He's right on Randall Cobb's hip. Yep. It's just an excellent play right there for the Giants and just such good design. Like like you said, if they don't have Smith dropping into that into that area, he's going to be able to make that throw that he that he wants to make. And, the, and they might not time the, the jump like Thibodeau might not time this right to get his hands on that. No, he might not. He, he very well might not. Look how little- close Crowder is to making the interception, too. I know the, the, that double clutch right there by Aaron Rodgers. It, it's necessary. It's not on Rodgers. He has to be patient here. And that patience. Look. Thibodeau is getting blocked right here when Aaron Rodgers wants to throw the ball. There's no way he's getting his hands in the air. It's the fact that Thibodeau flashes his eyes on Rodgers here, sees what Rodgers is doing, and now he gets his hands in the air. Literally, the presence of Smith is the cause of this play. Yep. And look, oh, you're right. It looks like Crowder almost has, like, is his hand underneath it? I don't know. We need to bring in John Perry or something. But (laughs) but it rolls out anyway. But it was close, man. That would have been a lot of fun. And then here, this is a real one, fun one to break down. The the final play of the game, or the final play besides the Hail Mary, the fourth and two. Fourth and two play right here. You're going to have two unblocked defenders and Julian Love and Xavier McKinney just come right in. Giants are just cover zero. Yeah. Just man coverage across the board. And Aaron Rodgers wants to throw a back shoulder to Alan Lazard. Both of these players are unblocked. You have everybody else. You have two guys in Jalen Smith and Jahad Ward who are aligned over the tight end and the tackle to the play side. Alignment. What a pre-snap alignment right here. Look at this thing. Yeah, so you have three blockers to the right of the center with four Giants defenders, and they're all washing down the Giants defenders. So they're block. They're 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 just their task is to allow Julian Love and Xavier McKinney to come in unblocked. That's what their task is here, and that's exactly what ends up happening. And we see it from the sideline angle as well. Great play by Xavier McKinney to get his hands up. But watch, you have three guys running routes, and you have three guys in coverage at yeah. the moment. And I don't know if this back shoulder is going to work anyway, even if the ball gets out here. That's a moot point, but it's a very moot point. But I think you're correct because Nick McLeod, to his credit, does, does a, a good very job. good job. And I don't know, right there, you can see Lazard kind of twist away. And maybe if the if the throw was well timed enough, True. it would have He can probably rip that, but it's tough. It's, it wouldn't be a gimme. That's all I know. And for having this many guys at the line of scrimmage and not get a gimme if the ball gets out, that's impressive to me. It was just an excellent series at the end of the game right there. Dan. So good. Excellent series. And we can go over that last play too. It's just Hail a Hail Mary. Mary play, but O'Shane's and Menez ends up getting the sack. Thibodeau with a nice get off on that one too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a technique. Probably. He's yeah. He's for like, it's a technique the, by, by Rogers, right? Yeah. So he can roll out. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that they, they've been doing for. Yeah. For he does that. He did that on his Hail Mary to the line against the lions too. You're right. And you get like, there's really not much to see from the sideline angle. You want to see everything from the, from the end zone angle. So we'll pull that up here. Yeah. And I think the tackle here, I'm not sure, but I think the tackle here oversets on purpose to allow, to force Kayvon Thibodeau in that direction. Cause you have nobody else that 76 has to block for force Kayvon Thibodeau inside. 
and Aaron Rodgers anticipates it and just rolls out here. And now you have the tackle just follow him with 76 kind of setting up, creating another pocket for Aaron Rodgers to set up and throw the football. It's just O'Shane Zimenez. What does he do? He loops from the far side again, something that he did a little bit earlier. Remember, we brought it up on another right. play, another obvious passing situation. I think this is a adjustment that Wink Martindale uses on these quarterbacks who like to get out, roll out, extend the play, set up and throw deep. And Aaron Rodgers is probably best known for that. As Giant fans know, unfortunately, from the wild card game. Right. And there's Great the hit. Finish. Right? And there's the hit. Great finish. Ball game. I don't know if he's getting that ball downfield anyway from the 30 yard line. That would have been unbelievably insane. But yeah. Still. He looks hurt here too, but he yeah, I thought that too. Rogers was down for I mean, he's fine. Like we haven't heard anything since about it, but he was, he did look like he got hurt. And then Daniel Jones after the game, like I saw like the post game, yeah. like, you know, he's like, Hey, you, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, did see, I didn't see, I, I saw that in the sights and sounds. I didn't hear him say, are you okay? I thought he just said like, have a nice game. That was a good oh, Daniel dude, Jones dude, impression. Dude, I like that. He's such a, he's, he's such a Daniel Jones dude. Yeah, man. All right. Let's wrap this bad boy up with some superlatives. All right, Nick, let's start with your unheralded player on film from this game. There are quite a few, Dan. There are quite a few, which is music to my ears. But if I had to bring up one, I think I went with him already this year, but I think I'm going to go with Nick Williams because I think he made some plays throughout the entire game. He played more than 30 snaps. He made some plays, Dan, that I don't know if the Giants win this football game if he did not make those plays. So I'm going to go with Nick Williams. I like that call. He was in the running for me. It was going to be either him or another player. I was pretty close on it. I probably would have edged out Williams, but because you picked him, I'll pick the other player because that's fun to do. I'm going to go with Julian Love. We've talked a lot about some of the tackles he made. Some of these tackles, when you see him on film, you just watch it with us. These are like he was the last line of defense, and that was always an issue in the old Giants defenses, especially that James Betcher defense and the one they had before that. I'm forgetting now who was was the safeties in that. But when you're that last line of defense, you need to be a good tackling safety because otherwise you can give up big plays after contact. So I'm going with love for unheralded player. Now we have highest effort player, which I feel like Julian Love constitutes for that. Who's your highest effort player? I think a lot of players in the running here, but I am going to go with Jalen Smith as my highest effort player in this game. Yeah, Jalen Smith was mine as well, but I will pick a different one because I do okay. feel like a couple players can can fit this, and I'm going to go with Julian Love. I think Julian Love fits it. He was making yeah. tackles all over the field, big open field tackles, important open field tackles, yes. keeping Robert Tanyan in bounds. Like like little plays like that can go a long way. So I'm going to say Julian Love. What about we're getting the to the point with Love where I think me and you are both going to be on the same page as far as thirty thousand foot view roster construction picture. We both probably want to resign. I'm in the I'm at the boat where I want to resign him at this point for sure. I was in the boat on re-signing yeah, Dexter before. Lawrence and, and Julian Love before this season, so I'm right. definitely there. And they're yeah. they're just fitting in so well to this system. Yeah, I just kind of want to see how he's going to fit in this yeah. new role, but now that I see it, I'm, I'm all in on it. No, that's completely fair, too. But the best play call on defense... I'm going to go with the big sack because, I mean, you broke it down. We broke it down great earlier. It's You get the one wasted blocker, the guard on that sack. You have the guard looking also at... The other guard, who's the, the one guy on the left side, that's the wasted blocker. The right guard is staring right at, like you said, Jefferson for that snap, and that is the difference. That's the reason why he's off balance trying to recover for Dexter Lawrence and leads to that sack. And if you look at that play on the back end, there's not really anywhere to really go with the football either. So it's just perfectly scripted, perfectly designed, perfectly executed. Absolutely love it. I'm going to go with the third down play that we just broke down with Jalen okay. Smith dropping off underneath the number two receiver. I think the Giants anticipated in breaking routes there, and that's exactly what they got. And Jalen Smith, I feel like his presence led to that being an. That was the third and two, by the way. 
Okay, this will be an interesting one, I think, at least. Give me your best overall player on film. Very interesting one. Yeah, I don't uh, have find answer either, I don't think. I think Xavier McKinney could constitute for okay. it, but I think I'm going to go with the player who has been the best overall defensive yeah, player this I'm season. With too. Dexter Lawrence. Yes, it's Dexter Lawrence for me, too. He still had the biggest impact on the game. He's still the best player on the field for the Giants on defense when you watch it. He's unreal. He's unreal right now. He's playing on a season. It's crazy. Like, you know, we talked a lot and it's okay. Like, this is how it goes. We evaluate what we see. And he has not been a consistent pass rusher for most of his career. I know you felt like he's been better than what he's getting credit for. And you're probably right about that. But I had a very high bar for what I wanted out of somebody who you're using the 17th overall pick on and probably going to like look to build around. And he's become exactly that with Dave. And I'll give Dave Gettleman credit for this, to be completely honest. He said when he drafted him that he, he the way that he, he can, um, I think it was, I forgot the term he used, the scouting term he used. I think it was something with, it was the same term he used for uh, BJ Hill. I think it was the way they can flip their hips. That might've been the term. That sounds that, that was it. Okay. Yes. The way he flips his hip for somebody who's 340 pounds, it's uncanny. He is a specimen a freak of nature athlete and now he's turning that into a pass rusher too, a consistent pass rusher week to week basis and now that he's taken that step he's someone you definitely want to resign he's a priority resign from this point and i'm yeah. really glad they picked up the rookie option too because that gives them some leverage and some help in that regard but he's morphed into way more than what he was in my mind at least and it's not to say he didn't show flashes of that in the past but now it's consistent i remember dan talking with fellow giant fans on twitter about him and Dalvin Tomlinson. And you know me, man. I was a huge Dalvin yeah. Tomlinson fan. And I still think he's a very sound football player. However, and I said this back then, Dexter Lawrence has such a higher ceiling than Dalvin Tomlinson. And it all comes down to his rare athletic ability. It's not yeah. even just because he's like 30 pounds more. That's obviously huge in more ways than one, right? But the flexibility that Dexter Lawrence has and some of the things he can do with his body and the burst and the explosiveness and the get off. Right. It's rare. It's rare. Not a lot of players have that. Not a lot of 315 pound players have that. This dude's almost 350. So like I'm ecstatic that the stats are starting to finally align with the stuff that we've seen on tape over the last two years. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, it's, it's, it just goes to show that, that, like you said, like you've said in the past, the progression is not always linear. Sometimes it requires like maybe it's the system, too. I don't know what exactly. And he's, you know, he's had more experience in the NFL. That plays a factor in it, too. But right now, what they're getting out of him is elite level interior defensive line play. And it's not just he's a great run stopper. He's also now a great pass rusher. And if you heard what Aaron Rodgers said today, and I think you tweeted this out as well on the uh, McAfee podcast or whatever he joins for every week. He said that Dexter Lawrence is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league right now. And, and he said he called him by 97. He didn't call him by name, which is fine. I don't expect him to like learn the names of all these players, but it's like not his job. He's trying to recover just, but what was interesting to me was not that he said this, Nick, I don't really care what Aaron Rodgers has to say. I care about what the people lining up against him and trying to block him every play have to say. And he said his three interior linemen, the three of them together said, this is one of the best guys they've faced all year. And he's one of the best in the league. And I think he's earned that. At this point, and I couldn't guess be happier. what? Soon we get to have him and Leonard Williams next to each other. That's the that's man. If Leonard Williams can get and stay healthy this year, and Ojolari can get back, we're starting to look like we potentially have one of the better defensive lines in the NFL. And then you even have guys like Ellerson Smith, who's like unique right. because he's not like a defensive lineman. But Wink but can find a way to use him potentially. Wink will find a way to yeah. use him, uh, similar to how he's using O'Shane's and like the play that O'Shane's and did on that final drive right there, looping right. around. You need to be athletic and explosive and be able to contain. Like you have a specific role there, 
And I think Ellison Smith, despite the fact that he's somewhat of a neophyte, can execute that neophyte, role. I love that. Yeah, a little Clyde Frazier yeah. right there. But let's get to, uh, Dan, pass rushing and run defending yeah. grade. Interesting. So what's your pass rushing grade? Yeah, interesting. Um, these are always tough to do because it's like some of these are schemed up pressures that we've obviously broken down. Pass rushing grade for me, like, do we factor? We're, let's let's decide this once and for all right now. Are we factoring in just like if they got pressure or not, or like if these guys are winning one on one? Like, what are we doing here? I think we should factor in pressure. Okay. Yeah, so we factor in Especially the whole thing. So like with one, counts. the one sack. Yeah, that was a scheme thing, but at the same time, Dexter Lawrence ran yes, through. He a still bull rushed the hell out of that guy. And Kayvon yeah. Thibodeau had some really good reps too, I thought. Um, yeah. But it, and Nick Williams had some really good reps too. Believe it or not, Nick Williams can do his, he's not just a run stuffer. I, Nick Williams, I lo- I'm starting to really like this dude. Um, just as far I mean, look, we do this every year. We find an Austin Johnson, a Mary Edwards, a Nick Williams. This is just how the NFL works. And we'll probably, he'll probably <laughs> now get signed for too much money from some team or not too much. Good for him. We'll probably get the contract he deserves. We can't afford him, whatever. And we get another guy. But for right now, he deserves to get praise for that as well. So, I'm going to go with like a 6.2. Yeah. I was going to go with a 6.5. So we're we're right there. What about your run defense grade? That's a really interesting one too, because so much of it was just that cat and mouse game with the Giants showing a look that looks advantageous to the run and then shifting down and rotating the safety down. Um, I would say one thing that you brought up that really stands out to me. It's that the way they got beat against Dallas in the run game, they adjusted to that and they practiced it, and they executed that, and they didn't get beat in the same way. So that gives it a big boost for me. I'll go with a 7-1 for the run defense. That's the same exact grade I was thinking. Oh, wow. All yeah, right, I was well, thinking 7-1. That's crazy, man. We're online for this one, so that's always a good thing, too. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the Big Blue Banter podcast. We hope you're enjoying this content on YouTube as well. And we'll be back soon. we got a lot more to talk about this week. We're going to do some stuff. We'll have some at least one preview of the Ravens game, maybe two, but one of them is going to be a really good one. You remember Ken McCusick? He's coming back on the show and that dude knows ball and he talks X's and O's and we want to do some other stuff. So it's either going to be maybe a mailbag or maybe a X amount of things we've learned or X amount of things we think about the roster now with five weeks of data. So we'll do some stuff coming up this week. Look for it over the weekend later this week, but for now, enjoy the film and enjoy the four and one baby, because this is as good as it gets for us, man. We haven't, it's just so fun, man. If we could somehow beat the Ravens, my God, my God, Nick, if we go to five and one against the Ravens and I'm jealous of everyone who gets to go to that game, by the way, that stadium is going to be as loud and rocking as it's been in a long time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.